Welcome in to Heavy Hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim to my right. And what a weekend we have to recap. So many stories to get to. One of the best college football games in history is, well, it's top of Jack's list, but it's like the third thing down on mine. We got the Phillies heading to take on the uh, Padres in the National League Championship Series. We got the ALCS still to be figured out tonight. Uh, We got NFL football. How about them Cowboys, Jack Heim? How about them Eagles more like it? Jack, so much to get to. How are you feeling on this Monday afternoon? Subpar. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, no, nah, I'm all right. Wow, all that energy and then just subpar. So, well, I mean, it was a better weekend for you than it was for me. But oh, Philly sports are just so. going off right now. I understand. I understand. That Padre, I, are you rooting for the Padres? One million percent. But I'm rooting for the AL to win the World Series. Oh, gross. Well, at least for uh, for a week you can wear that Padres hat. So, nope. Why not? Still salty. that thing will forever sit in my bedroom. Hanging next to my other hats that will not be worn. <laughs> that that's actually the start of the pile of hats that will be worn. Every other hat I own actually. I was going to say, do you have other teams? Wearing. Yeah. No, no, that's the only one for right now. Okay. So I'll get you. I'll get you a Phillies one. Yeah, don't worry. Well, that one will end up in, uh, uh, in, in the garbage. Yeah, <laughs> in the garbage. Garbage disposal. <laughs> to the dump. To the dump. To the dump. 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 But what if it's like a collector's edition 2022 World Series champions hat? I don't know why you'd waste so much money buying that for me. Uh, I don't know, just to rub it in. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I guess I'd keep it, but yeah. See, it's not. I mean, it's. A, I guess it would be a. The patch would be cool, but yeah. the hat still stinks. I mean, I, I can only dream. I'm, I got my Phillies hat on today. I got my Fly Eagles Fly shirt on. Phillies uh, quarter zip will be worn at some point because it's cold in here. But uh, all right, let's get into it, Jack. Where are we starting today? So like, hockey's in action. College football on steroids this weekend. NFL Week 6, MLB Playoffs. Where are we going first? Uh, we'll start MLB. Yeah. Uh, we'll start MLB. <laughs> we'll oh, we'll go NL, but we'll start with the other series that's not Padres. the not the Phillies. Yeah. Really, really just don't want to hear you yell and scream about them in excitement. It's just going to really <laughs> damper my you mood. can't hold but, it down forever. But, Dude, uh, okay, I'm, I'm getting repaid, though, because there was a show last April where I had to sit here and watch Aaron Nola implode on live air I don't against think, the Mets. I don't think those two things are against, equals. But, no, but it was on air against the Mets. It yeah, was horrible. But it's also a regular season game. Correct. It was like game so, six. Yeah, it was like the it was like the second series of the it season. Was. So, uh, Wow. That, that feels so long ago. Because it was so long ago. But that's what makes MLB fantastic. That's you know, what you, makes MLB so crazy. I, you know, I, was, I was telling my friend, you know, my good buddy, you know, he's, he's a big Braves fan, and we'll get to that series. <laughs> but, you know, we're both just big MLB guys in general. And it's just, you know, part of the reason why it hurts so much when your team loses in the playoffs, it's just like, because you invest so much time into it. It's a into huge it. investment. I mean, yeah. you're, you're spending half a year to three quarters of a year, depending on how far your team goes. And you're, you're you know, if you're a dedicated fan, you get swayed emotionally by your team's success or failures. Uh, and it's just, when you put so much time investing into something, uh, you know, just in sports, uh, but really just in anything, but in this situation, uh, you know, your baseball team, it's just, you know, it's either really so uplifting or so soul-crushing when your team wins and loses. So, I mean, you know, Philly fans have every right to be so happy right now. Uh, and Mitch here certainly have a lots, lots of reasons to be excited <laughs> in the sports realm. Oh, man. But it's just, it, man, it's just, it's a terrible feeling when your team loses. And, uh, you know, 
the one thing that really just gets under my skin is that you know everyone and their mother was grilling the Mets for losing in the wild card round, and you know, rightfully so. They exited earlier than any than a lot of people thought they could, and you know Mets fans hoped. But you know the Braves and Dodgers losing in, in the LDS. Oh, they're getting it. Don't no worry. one, no one is n- none of the big media types are you know getting out here grilling the Braves or, or the mean? Dodgers. Not from that what I've seen. I mean. The Phillies fans and Padre fans are giving it to them, but that's, I guess that's more of what I, I've heard. You're I'm right. not. I'm not seeing the big people who were saying, "Wow, the Mets." I mean, you know, it's just a really you know choke end and collapsing. But what you know, for for the Braves and Dodgers, it's like, well, just you know, slap them on the back and say, "Hey, heck of a season," but uh, just didn't go your way. So yeah, I, it's a it's really just, interesting point. I'm, it's just so biased media. That's just that's just my take on it. But well, it, it's really irritated me because the Dodgers and Braves have kind of been like. Like the Cowboys of baseball, like America's teams, if, if you've noticed. I, I've definitely noticed it with the Braves, where everyone in the national media is just in love with the Braves. And I, let's go to the Dodgers first, because they lost it four games. They lost 3-1 to one to a team they utterly dominated this year. Yep. They fell apart. They did. I mean, look, they what did they win? Game one? They won game one, right? Yep. Yeah. 5-3. to three. And then the next three games, I mean, sure, they were in them, right? They had the lead in game four, but... The Padres put on a clutch clinic. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we talked about it, you know, last week's show. It's just the guys who stepped up in the wild card round for the Padres continued to step up again against the Dodgers. And, you know, you're going to need those types of performances to go far in the playoffs. I mean, Profar, Kim, Grisham, and Nola, those four guys, you know, those are not the staple guys like the Sotos and the Machados in this lineup. But you know what? Guess what? They're getting it done at a really high level right now. And that's honestly what's more of getting them farther than Soto and Machado's production. I mean, those two guys have obviously been pretty good. Yep. Uh, you know, more they started so, heating up. Yeah, more Machado. You know, he's batting nearly 300 in the playoffs compared to Soto's 250, but that's not the only stat that matters. But, you know, it's just timely hits from Grisham. And, you know, they're, they're just all putting together quality at bats. I mean, you know, you got to tip your cap where credit's due. Padres went out there. They pitched really well. The bullpen's been fantastic. Uh, you got Robert Suarez out there, Nick Martinez, you know, the likes of Josh Hader locking down at the end of the games. So they have a plethora of arms out there that they can go to that they know they can rely upon to do a lot of different things. They switch it up. You know, Suarez is a flamethrower. You got Hader who can also flamethrow, but he's got that nasty slider. Um, when he's working, he's one of the best relievers in the game. Maybe they give you a lot of different looks out of the bullpen. Uh, and, you know, I think that's really just what tripped up the Dodgers. The bats, I mean, they had chances. The Dodgers had oh, yeah. chances all 100%. series long, and they could not drive in runs. And I think there was an overarching theme. Uh, across both series, I mean, the Braves had their chances to come back in those games too. I mean, the Phillies dominated. Very, I mean, but the yeah. Braves left tons and tons of runners on base. Yeah, so it started with that Suarez game on this bro- on this show. Yep, uh, and and the first and the third inning, leaving the bases loaded, that set the tone. That was it. You know, because the more you strand those runners and get out of those jams. It not only gives confidence to the other teams, but it takes away some confidence for you. You know, you're like, dang, we had chances to come through in these situations and get us some more runs, and we failed to do so. And that that really came back uh, to bite the Braves in the behind, especially in Game 1. Absolutely, 100%. And then we'll talk about the Phillies here in a minute. I'll finish up with the Dodgers and Padres. But there were a few instances where it looked like the Phillies were going to do the same thing, and then some timely hitting came through. But for the Padres, they look like they are much like the Phillies, Getting hot at the right time. That's not, you know, that's not a crazy thought. That's obviously what's happening. Uh, but the big trade deadline acquisition, Juan Soto, acquisitions, I should say, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, they're all starting to turn it on at the same time, Jack. This was a wild card team, right? 88 wins, I think, right? 88 or 89. Yep. Do you think they have what it takes? They're, they're here in the NLS, NLCS. Do you think they can go all the way with this, I mean, 
the pitching is obviously good. You were, you were worried about could they keep it up with Darvish and Musgrove for the starting pitching. The bats seem like they're actually coming alive now. Do you think this is a, a championship team? Well, I will answer your question in just one moment because Ooh, you do have a message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back to Heavy Years. Heavy hitters, everybody. Jack High, Mitchell Smedley getting back into our MLB discussion. NLDS, specifically both series, we kind of combined this into one thing yeah, with the Dodgers and Padres. One thing. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's honestly better this way because these series were very similar in a lot of manners. Eerily similar. And, you know, it's just these are two teams in the Padres and Phillies. Like you mentioned, hot at the right time and firing really on all cylinders. The lineups were hitting everyone from top to bottom. The bullpens were pitching well, and the starting pitching stepped up when they needed to, needed them to the most. Uh, but, you know, going back, I just want to touch on one more point, and then I'll answer your question about yep. can the Phillies go all the way. Was, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, Game 3, Dodgers-Padgers. It was the sixth inning. Trace Thompson hits a leadoff single, bloops right in front of Juan Soto. Then Austin Barnes, the 9 hitter, rips a double to left center field. Second and third, nobody out. Mookie Betts comes up, first pitch swing, hits a fly ball to deep right. Sack fly gets Thompson in. 2-1 game. One out, Barnes on third for Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman. Turner pops out. Freeman strikes out. They strand the runner. When you have your 8-9 and nine hole guys getting back-to-back hits and both in scoring position with nobody out and those three guys consecutively batting, you need to be able to get in more than one run. And I think that's honestly what the turning point was. And after they strand, got only one run there, it felt like the Padres just could not lose that game. And it's just, that was the honestly the thing that stuck out to me. That is really what defined the whole series. The Padres cashed in in key points and the Dodgers just couldn't. It they just so could important. not do it. You're right. That was like the very, that, that's when I kind of knew where this series was headed because I was watching that game uh, before I headed out on Saturday night. Uh, no, not Saturday night, Friday night. And uh, this was directly after the Phillies game, I think. Yep. And uh, I, I saw that. I was kind of like moving around, like doing stuff in my apartment, had it on in the background, and I had watched that that uh, that double, and I was rooting for the Padres, so I'm like, ah, oh, come on, man. They're really going to tie this game up at least. And then I, I heard a deep fly ball right field. I was like, oh, it's going to be three to two. Here we. This is what the Dodgers do. They just have all these bats that hit, that can hit the crippling home run. And so I just kind of tuned it out for a little bit while I finished up getting ready. And then I came back and I was like, wait, it's two to one. I thought it was at least three two. And then from there I was like, wow. I, I looked back at what actually happened and I was like, wow, just a sack fly in that situation. That's unreal. Uh, and the fact that the the Dodgers didn't have their crippling home runs in this series is is really what. Turn the tide, and, and the, the Padres, they didn't do it by a crippling home run. Game four, they're down three, a five-run seventh inning, all on singles. Was there a double in there? I uh, think there was a double down the line. Yep. Yeah. I, but it was all just, you know, little putting the ball in play, which brings me to the Phillies. It's exactly what they did. Case in point, it's uh, four to two in game four. Phillies are up, but it does not feel like this game is in hand because the Phillies' bullpen has been the weakness of this team. And I go back to, I believe it was the sixth inning, uh, where we got two runners on, and then we had two outs. And Hoskins bloops one in front of uh, in front of Acuna, scores a run. Uh, Acuna couldn't make the play on the ball. Looked like he could, but he couldn't. Um, and then JT, somehow, on a ball, inches off the ground, puts it in play. Third baseman Riley makes a great play on it, but JT beats it out because a catcher that can run. He also hit an inside-the-park home run earlier. Scored another run. 
Uh, and then a, a nice, you know, ground ball through the left side for Bryce Harper scores a third run. And at that point, it's 7-2, and the Phillies are on their way to, to winning the series. Those little put-the-ball-in-play moments are what, what wins the series. Sure, you can have the big moments of the Hoskins and the Harper home runs in the sixth uh, in Game 3. But what set that all up, Jack, was the at-bat of the series, in my opinion, has to go to Bryson Stott. Runner on third, one out. He gets a nine-pitch at bat that basically takes whatever Spencer Strider had left and then wins the battle by depositing one down the right field line to score uh, Marsh and get the Phillies on the board first. That was the at-bat that turned the series, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And again, you mentioned getting out to fast starts. You know, that's what the Phillies did this whole series. Game one, fast start. Mm-hmm. Game three, fast start. Game four, fast start. Every game they won, they got out, they got the first run, and they kept the foot on the gas pedal the entire way and didn't let the Braves come up for air. It 100%. Just, it's just what happened. And honestly, it was pure on domination. I mean, the Braves... We we mentioned how they they stranded their you know the runners and the opportunities and here's where I'm going to tie this all in to answer your question are the Phillies uh, from earlier are the Phillies a team that's capable of going all the way absolutely they're in the NLCS they've earned their way here they've played their way here and you know it's down to two it's a 50 50 shot one team's going to go home yeah. one team's going on to the World Series and these are two teams that are very similar right now in identities they're both hot the lineups are start hitting the depth guys are contributing it's just. For me, I lean the Padres as the edge only because of the bullpen and how good mm-hmm. it is. Not saying the Phillies' bullpen has been bad, but it's just I felt like when the Padres turn the ball over to that bullpen, it just feels like the offense on the other side just has not able to been respond. The Mets couldn't find ways to score off this bullpen, and the Dodgers couldn't find ways to score off this bullpen. And the way the Phillies' line has been hitting lately, they've been just as good as those two lineups, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just there's a certain confidence factor that I'm getting when these relievers are coming onto the field for San Diego, that they just didn't have earlier in the year. It's just a different kind of edge to this bullpen. And I feel like if Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell can all pitch well enough throughout this series like they've been, like Snell pitched against the Dodgers in Game 3, uh, if Musgrove can continue to pitch the way he pitched, especially against the Mets, if that oh. Musgrove comes oh. out, if it's, that game Musgrove's there, oof. it's game over. Well, that's that's not necessarily true. you got Musgrove, Snell, and Darvish, but you got Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez on the other side. Yes, but I mean... I'm. It's Wheeler's the best pitcher of those six, but as a whole, I think I'm taking. If everyone's on their A game, I think I take in slightly the Padres three over the Phillies three because okay. I think Wheeler's best is better than Darvish's best, but I think Snell's best think is Snell's equally than... as good as Nola's okay. best. But and then the third, I think, if Musgrove's on, is better than Suarez. I don't know. It's comparable. It really is. They're it's all close. comparable. Yeah. It's close all the way around. It's going to be a hard fought battle. It's going to go to six or seven in my mind. But I think I think Phillies in five. Really? That's a bold prediction. But I got a feeling, Jack. We're gonna you're gonna win both in San Diego. No. No. Then you're gonna win every game. Split and then sweep in Philly. You know, I th- again, and this is where the have you seen? Did you team, see Citizens Bank Park? Did you see that this weekend? That's the most. Do you remember the Mets series uh, in City Field? Uh, I think it was that Matt Veerling. Uh, it was that Apple TV game when Veerling had the big throw out at home, and then yep. the Phillies won two to one. And but I told you, I called you after the ninth inning when when um, Diaz came out to Narco. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I actually saw it on a broadcast, and that's the first time I saw City Field like that all year. And it was so loud and so raucous and so playoff in August atmosphere. And I said, Jack, do you remember me kind of like crying on the phone a little bit? I want that in my stadium because the Phillies stadium was empty in August. 
And for it to look like it just did this weekend was absolutely the best part of the weekend. The team's winning, fantastic. But it was first pitch to last pitch from game first pitch of game three, last pitch of game four. They didn't shut up. They're they're chanting in like all all game. They're they're doing they're mocking the chop. They're yelling at Marcelo Zuna. They're they're scream. I mean, uh, Joe Davis said it best when Harper hit the home run. This place explodes. Like that's it. It truly was an explosion. It was yeah. incredible. Again, it was an atmosphere that they didn't see all year. I mean, the Phillies fans really didn't show out even towards the end of the regular no, season when it looked not like they were going to get to the playoffs. But you know, they came out, they shot in the playoffs, and Red October has been rocking and rolling. So, um, <laughs> as much as I hate to say that, it's been the yes, it the hard truth for me. But uh, unfortunately, we do have to step aside. When we come back, we will shift our focus, wrapping up our thoughts in the NLDS series, and go over to the ALDS series with the Astros Mariners and give our thoughts on the Yankees and Guardians to this point and preview Game 5 that will happen tonight all right here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown, stay here. Don't go anywhere. A lot more quality sports talk coming your way next. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown, Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, getting yeah. right back into our MLB discussion, wrapping up our thoughts on the National League Divisional Series. It is the Padres and the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Braves. You were just talking about all things going on in that series, a lot of the big themes, uh, and really the specifics of what led the Padres and the Phillies to move on to the National League Championship Series. That will start tomorrow night out oh, in San Diego. I can't wait, Jack. Hugh Darvish has been already announced as the Game 1 starter for the Padres. Phillies are TBD at this point. I'm assuming it would be Nola more than no, likely. No, it's going to be Wheeler, I think. Really? Uh, Wheeler should be set up to pitch on normal rest games 1 and 5. Nola 2 and 6. And did Suarez? Did Wheeler pitch Saturday? Wheeler pitched on. No, Syndergaard pitched Saturday. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it should be Wheeler last <laughs> pitched on Game Two Wednesday. So yeah, he will Very he sorry. will have uh, six days rest. It looks right. Okay, yeah, Wednesday so, to Tuesday. Yeah, even more extended rest of Wheeler should get the nod for Game One. But final thoughts, yeah, man. Padres, I, we talked Phillies, about the pitching, both hot pitching. Hitting, everything looking great. Yeah, let's move to the hitting because this is the interesting part. <clears throat> and you kind of touched on this earlier. I mean, th- these two teams are so similar in that it was top to bottom. Their lineup's contributing. And, I mean, the one person that didn't really contribute that much for the Phillies, he had one hit the entire series, was Kyle Schwarber. He has one hit in the playoffs. Uh, now, here's my here's my thing is he's such a he, – he has streaks like this, but when he gets hot, I mean, he carries a team, and I think we're about to see that in this series. You have various heroes, and he's the one that's yet to kind of rise. You had Hoskins with his huge moment and another RBI single in this series. You had JT Real Muto just electric, a catcher that can run, Jack. I mean, it is a beautiful thing. The inside-the-park home run, I get it. Uh Michael Harris misplayed it, but for JT to be able to take advantage to that extent, and then the infield hit in the in the uh, at bat afterwards, Harper three home runs down the playoffs. I mean, I almost didn't care that he hit his third one. That that second one though was electric. The first one pretty much won the game in St. Louis. I mean, you go up and down. Castellanos clutch hitting so far, singles, a double, good stuff. He's yet to pop a big one uh, over the wall, but you don't need that all the time, like we saw with the Padres. Alec Bohm, and then we get into the daycare. Alec Bohm uh, getting on base, had the the big uh, hit by pitch in St. Louis. I get that that's not really him doing anything, but he took it like a man. Uh, and then the little guys, Matt Veerling, Brandon Marsh with a huge home run uh, in game four that really set the tone. Uh, and Bryson Stott, like I said, with the at-bat of the series. 
Don't forget about Gene Segura. Contact extraordinaire. Big hit in St. Louis. I mean, this whole at-bat, minus Schwarber, has been contributing on steroids. I mean, it's been incredible to watch. Padres are doing a lot of the same thing, though, and that's that's why I'm interested. You know, you have the Bell, Soto, Machado. Then you got the Harper, Castellanos, Schwarber trios. I mean, and a lot of supporting pieces around. Jack, who do you—I mean, you think the Pirate—not Pirates. Jeez. The Padres have a small edge in pitching. What do you think about the uh, the lineups here, one through nine? Yeah, you know, it's just— I think the way both of these teams are hitting right now, I don't know if I can give a clear-cut advantage. It's just both these teams firing on all cylinders. I think it's going to just depend on how the pitching comes out for both sides. Who's going to be able to work the pitch count more? Who's going to be able to draw more quality at-bats against these high-level pitchers? Uh, who have Both these pitching staffs have been, you know, just they've been on their A-game so far, all playoffs. I know it started back, the Phillies really set the tone with Wheeler and Nolan in St. Louis. Carried it over to Atlanta. Let's see if it carries over now to San Diego. Again, it's you know they're they're out there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a long trip. It's going to be a lot. <clears throat> excuse me. Wow, uh, a lot of back and forth uh, travels. You know, coast to coast. Yeah, that's San Diego that could Philly. be an impact. You're right. It is. Uh, I think we'll see that more towards the middle of the series. You know, there is an off days for traveling because of how far the flights are. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see how much of an effect that plays. But yeah, man, it's just going to be who who makes each starting rotation work for it more. Uh, and I think both of these lineups have shown the qualities to do that against uh, their respective opponents in the earlier series, but who can do it more effectively, I think that's going to be a big factor in who ends up winning this series. But For what it's worth, the season series was seven games, 4-3 in favor of the Phillies. So, However, playoffs Nola versus season. Nola, buddy. Are you excited for that? Playoffs are a new season. No, I'm not. No, you don't want to see the Nola brothers going at it? No, I don't like either of them. Why? Why don't so. you like Austin Nola? Did he hurt the Mets? Yeah, he did hurt the Mets. <laughs> I, I Many a times Yeah, in that wild card series. Oof. So as far as I'm concerned, let's go AL. Let's go AL. Let's go, AL. Let's go to the AL then. I, I let's pref- talk about I'd it. I prefer Padres to win the series, but let's go AL to win the series. Uh, we'll start with Houston and Seattle because that yeah. one is, is all said and done with. Houston wins in a sweep, clean sweep. It was not as dominant. Clean. Well, they did end up having to play the length of four games. Yeah, it's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, so not the most cleanly, but it is a sweep. And they had to scratch and claw, really. Seattle made them work for it. but uh, Very much Plenty so. of comebacks. Jordan Alvarez walk-off homer in Game 1. He was really the guy who was just that guy for Seattle. I mean, or not Seattle, Houston. What am I saying? <laughs> oh, he was that, that enemy for Seattle. Yeah, he was that guy in terms of being a thorn in the side to Seattle. Yep. But Walk-off home run and a go-ahead home run in, what, the 8th? I think it was the sixth of game Six. two. Oh, okay. I thought it was later than that. All right, so little less impressive, but it's hey, it was it's still, still incredible. Meaningful home run, still incredible. He was the first player in MLB history to have the walk off home run and the game winning home run in back to back postseason games. So, wow, Jordan Alvarez, man, he is a he is an animal. One of the yep. most feared hitters in baseball. I uh, one of the best hitters left in the postseason. So. You know, and, but I think an unsung hero really for Houston, Jeremy Pena. I mean, the impact he's had Oof. in his playoffs. You know, getting on to set up Alvarez for those home runs. Uh, he was on base in the go-ahead home run in the sixth inning in Game 2. He, you know, got on to make it 2-on and 2-out for Alvarez in the ninth inning of Game 1. So, you know, having that guy to get on and lead Alvarez to these opportunities has been just as important as Alvarez cashing in on the opportunities. So, a Pena and Alvarez, blast, yep, the 2-3 in this order, Pena and Alvarez have just been fantastic. Bregman's had a good start to the playoffs. It's just been a full-team effort from Houston. Uh, they find ways to escape home field with a walk-off and the go-ahead, uh, despite solid pitching performances uh, from Luis Castillo for Seattle in Game 2. Went seven innings, three runs. 
Uh, and then in game one, uh, it was, you know, more higher scoring, but uh, it was mostly, yeah, no, yeah, they got to, they locked, they got to Logan Gilbert a little bit, five and a third, three runs. So, mm. I mean. That's not awful. The Mariners are a young team. They'll be back. They will. They will be back for sure. But it was incredible to end the 21-year the drought. It is. Especially with a, a wild card series win. So there's there's positives to take from this for Seattle. Yeah, is basically. I mean, it, it looks bad getting swept, but like I said, game three went 18 innings, and every game was close. It's not like yeah, they it's got. It's not like they were obliterated. Exactly. Like and the Braves, they had a nine to one loss. They were down seven one at one point. They, they got beat they down. Lost eight three. Nine like, one eight three. Those are beat downs. Right. Exactly. And they they happened in back to back days. Like the 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 Mariners at least didn't have that situation. They they went out. They went out really fighting and looking like they were in every game, and some things just didn't break their way. You know, pitching gave up crippling home runs. You know, you don't if you get an out in that situation uh, in game one, you're up in the series. Like, and then it's a whole different feel. Yep, it, it was very close. I, I know it doesn't look like it, but it was very close to Seattle really making some noise there in that series. And even if they found a way to get game three, look how much pitching you worked for Houston. Yep, and then you're going to play the very next day. So it's, I mean, I know that goes both ways of how much pitching gets worked from both sides, but it's just, you know, and they got to Verlander in game one. So yeah, if he has to go, ex- if he goes exactly. back out there later in the series, they can get to him again. So that series could have broke very differently, but Houston got the timely hit. Seattle just three you know, couldn't hold on. home runs. Yep. Three. One in each game. <clears throat> right. Wow. The uh, 18th was a home run, I believe. Solo yep. shot. Yep. Jeremy painted dead center field, broke the scoreless side. More Pena stuff right yep. there. So. He was fantastic. And, you know, it's just. That's another key point. You know, they let Correa go in the offseason. Everyone's, you know, yeah, what, what's going to Who's their shorts not going to be? They That organization instilled confidence in Pena all the way back to spring training. They said, this is our guy. We know what we have in him. He is a special talent. He's got the glove. He's been working on the bat. And, man, the bat has been alive oh, and well off, in the postseason. They're paying him a lot less money than Correa would have won. And, he, and he's been just as good, maybe if not better. So, I mean, this is just what elite organizations do. They know the executives there, the scouting department, it trickles all the way down to through each department. This is why the Astros are now in their sixth consecutive American League Championship Series. It's really been I wouldn't That's call a it a staggering. I wouldn't number. call it a dynasty, but it's been it's a, a dynasty. It's been a staggering powerhouse in the American League for the last six years. And it's been quite impressive. Whether you like or hate Houston, which a majority of the people do hate, hate the Astros. It's the Patriots of baseball. Include the cheating and and the championship and I mean, the I run their own. I really do want them to win though. Why? Because look, I'm a big Dusty Baker guy. I don't care. And he's never won a title, and Good. he's been around for so long. But he's just a stand up modest guy. Like he was the perfect guy to bring in to post that cheating era after Hinch left. He's just a he's been a guy who's been in the game for, around the game for so long. So many people like him. And it's just a changing, you know, moving on. You know, it's been a sort of changing the identity in terms of post all the cheating stuff and all the all the just the the scandaling stuff that surrounded that organization. Yeah, you know, I think I just got a text. You know, my dad said it perfectly. I I'd more label them the Bills of baseball. I mean, no, they've won one, but no. they've they've had opportunities. They've lost no. in the World Series multiple times. Look, they're always good. They cheat. It's the Patriots. They did cheat. Did cheat. They, uh, that's moving. You're on. saying none on. of that is left in those in in that clubhouse. I think it's gone. I hope you're right for baseball they, look, purposes. Look, they sh- they moved on from the front office. Correct. GM's gone. Manager's gone. Manager is gone. And yeah. a lot of the people that were involved in that were were gone. They're they're gone. It's gone. And I don't. I think they were just the team. <clears throat> excuse me. Very sorry. Uh, who just got 
caught they were doing it more flagrantly than everyone else did. Oh my I think, god. I think it was no. something that was going on no, it was that a lot not. of teams were doing, but the Astros just did it more obviously and more in a demonstrative way than other teams did. And they got caught for it. And they got I wouldn't say they got uh you know paid the correct consequences, but to to some extent they did get punished. And you know, it's just yeah, I think it's gone. I like, I like the seeing the curse. I like seeing the curse rear its ugly head year in and year out afterwards. So it's my favorite thing. And I'm a big Jordan Alvarez guy. I've always liked okay, Jordan. To be fair, he is pretty awesome. He is. He is sick. And and the Dusty Baker thing that you had that that's pretty good. The, I I will say those two things combined to make the Astros the uh, the only team I would like to see win less than them. Is the Yankees? I can't stand so, the Yankees. And that's a great point. I think we should move on yeah, to the Yankees. Yankees. Yankees Guardians. Guardians. It is Game Five. Only tonight. Game Five, Jack. Only one. Only Game Five. And yeah, man, it's been a it's been a heck of a series. It's it really has. Weird. But the starters tonight are strange. Jameson Tyon getting the nod for the Yankees. Aaron Savaldi getting the nod for the Guardians as Cal Quantrill went in games one and four. Shane Bieber went in game two, so he's not available. Uh, and then in game three, it was, I'm blanking. Me too. I'm checking, checking, checking I watched checking. that game too. I should know. Tristan McKenzie. Ah. Name blanked my mind. Nest, uh, Luis Severino won game three, so, and Nestor Cortez win game two, so they will not have either for the Yankees, but Jameson Tyon gets the starting nod. I think it's going to be a high scoring game tonight. I think it's going to be more like game three. That'll be exciting. You know, Yankee Stadium, we know, generates a lot of home runs, especially down the lines. Um, but I don't think both of these starters are, you know, lockdowns by any means. They're certainly guys who you can get to. And, you know, I'm looking to SpongeBob SquarePants. Oscar Gonzalez, <laughs> he walks, his walkout <laughs> You told me this, SquarePants. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's why I said that. Not a, you know, we do reference SpongeBob a lot on this show, but that is a actual, you know, useful reference to SpongeBob that <laughs> actually pertains to sports, not just us, you know, joking around. But yeah, uh, he's had a couple of clutch hits in this series, walked off game three, had the go-ahead single in Game 2 in the 10th inning. So can Oscar Gonzalez uh, do it again for Cleveland? We'll see. Uh, you know, this is a Cleveland team that puts the ball in play. Uh, that's what they do. Uh, but they need to get off to a fast start. This is not a team, you know, they do put the ball in play, but this is not a team who lights up the scoreboard by any means, uh, while the Yankees certainly can. So, look, I think everyone in, in terms of the MLB commissioner's office, they want the Yankees to go on just because it's the Yankees. It's a more... Ugh. Gross. I know. I, I 100% agree with you. It's gross, but they're the more marketable brand. They're the most storied franchise in the league's existence. Yada, yada, yada. Yawn. Yeah, I agree. Yawn. I, oh, look, I agree with you all there. Yet, miss. Yawn, yawn. Uh, you know, I don't like the Yankees as much as you do. I like the up-and-coming Guardians. Same. They're a young gun team, and they're going to be around. They have the pitching, too. They have the young lineup, too. But I don't think it's their year. I don't. Come on. I, I think that, I'd love to pick them. I, Jack, look, we could have me. three Cinderella stories in I'd the Final love, Four. I'd love to pick it. I really wouldn't call the Padres or Philly, uh, Phillies, you know. You wouldn't after being Cinderella's. down on the mat? But I mean. Like that, no one believed in them, Jack. Yeah, but their Phillies are fourth in the league in payroll. It's not like this. No one believed in it's them. It's not like this team who's just. like It's not like Tampa Bay who went to the World Series in 2020 who spends like bottom five in money. <laughs> and they just run their way through the playoffs beating the Yankees. They slay the Dragons. And then they go on to, uh, you know, to unfortunately fall to another dragon in the Dodgers. But, you know, it's not like one of those teams. I mean, the Padres and Phillies, they spend a lot of money. So, I mean, it's just... But they always lose. They always lose. Well, I mean, San Diego hasn't been in the playoffs since God knows when, but their last... San Diego? They were there more recently than the Phils. 
I don't think so. Yeah, no, the Phillies were the second longest drought behind the Mariners. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Why didn't they make it then? Um, I was also trying to figure that out because I, I I'm trying to think. I knew they year. were irrelevant as well, but apparently less irrelevant. Than I think the they just squeaked in one year and then got like a wild card dissed early. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'll I'm blanking on that. that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I lean the Yankees. They're home. The Bronx is going to be rocking. It's going to be tight, but I think the Yankees find a way to win. It's, it's going to be like a, I think a, you know, four two was last night. I think I go five five two tonight. Give me six five Cleveland. In game five, moving on to Houston. Houston. I'd, I'd love to tick H H-Town. And I'm pulling for him. I'd love, I'd love the Guardians to win. I think that'd be hilarious. But I don't I think see, they do it. I don't see any way possible where the Dodgers, Braves, and Yankees all lose in the LDS. I just come don't on, see it happening. Come on. You got to believe, Jack. It, we're one game away from that actually happening. So we're I'm, one. We are. Like, you, you can't say there's no way because obviously we're here. We've arrived at the brink of it. Dodgers and Braves are already I out. I think, going. The, I think the Yankees are going to light Aaron Savali up tonight. They're going to get off to a quick start, score three in the first inning. Cleveland's going to go to their bullpen, and then they're just going to have to battle uphill all night. you got to trust me on this. I picked the Phillies work. and the Padres. So. Got under. Did I pick the Guardians, too? Yeah, you did. Oh, <laughs> buddy. So. And did I pick Astros? I think so. Oh, I could go four for four tonight. I could go one for four. Let's so. go. I could go four for four, baby. So. Who did you? What did you pick? All the favorites. I picked Houston, Yankees. Yeah, all the favorites. All the favorites, Jack. So come on, you knew there was going to be an upset somewhere. Yeah, and I thought it would be Cleveland if there was more likely of a team, but maybe not. Yeah, well, but it's these divisional games. I'm telling you, and this this isn't one, so this doesn't apply to the Cleveland game. But it's these divisional series. The Braves and Phillies have seen each other all year. You have the ability to make those adjustments. The Padres and the Dodgers have seen each other all year. And I get that that was so dominated by the Dodgers. But the Padres, they had stuff to go off of. They had a place to start and make game plans on these pitchers. You saw it with the Phillies, too. They were like, we're going to come out against Max Freed and just hit the first pitch. And, and that was a consistent... I mean, the fourth, third inning of the Spencer Strider game, you had... Um, Stock getting his hit in the last pitch of his at-bat. And then consecutively, they didn't throw to Schwarber. They walked him. Hoskins first pitch swinging home run. Real Muto first pitch swinging single. Uh, Harper first pitch swinging home run. Castellanos first pitch swinging single. Like, it was just a barrage. They were just like, we're going to go out and just hit these guys because we've seen this before. We know what to do here. Well, and Strider also didn't have his A game. No, he, he did hurt, not. He oh, was he, was, he was out of gas. So. That is a managerial embarrassment that you kept him in there. Thank you very much, though. Uh, is that Snicker? Yeah, Brian Snicker. Yeah. So, Thank you know, you one more point much. before we go to our second break of hour number one is just, you know, I think a fully healthy Strider does change that series drastically because if he's on and has his stuff working, he's very dominant and he's a strikeout heavy pitcher. He just didn't, but that's not the world we live in. Uh, there's no room to make excuses. The Phillies won. They're on to the LCS, uh, and that's just where we stand. But tonight, Wrapping up our MLB discussion before we go to our break. Guardians-Yankees should be a fun one. Game 5, winner take all. This has not fared in Cleveland's manner in their franchise's history. Just 1-7 <laughs> in oh, winner take all no. games. Yankees have played in 30. They are 15-15, and 15, so smack dab average at 500. So the Cleveland's stats due. would favor. Cleveland's that, due, baby. That's, that's the stance you will take. <laughs> I will take. It's been unclutch uh, in terms of winner takes all. So new Guardians. That's why I pick the Yankees. But... MLB playoffs, full swing. They're rocking and rolling. NLCS will start soon. We will talk about that on our Wednesday show because then we will know exactly what series 
are set. But stick with us right here on Heavy Hitters. We will shift to NFL to wrap up our number one here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R Kutztown. Jack Heim joined by my wonderful friend Mitchell Smedley. Always on time, Jack. Right back in the nick of time, my friend. <laughs> Always. So, never missed. Remember the one time I knocked over the trash can on the way in? Yep. Yeah. First, <laughs> yeah, we, we both made a mad dash in the production room. That was insane. We took out a garbage can. That was a fun time. That was we got many a fun moments. Back to that one. Yeah. Many a fun moments at the KUR studio. Never a dull moment. I remember the one time I took it a little too slow on the on the walk back from the bathroom. And uh, I come just walking in all casual. And Jack's like, and we're going to dive right in here to the NFL. And I'm just like, oh, we're on already. And I just, yeah, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. And I just casually walking into the studio. What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We had another terrible Thursday night game, Jack. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's becoming a staple of the season. Thursday night football equals garbage. It's Commanders. been a little bit like that for a while because they have to fit all the teams in. But, dear Lord, it's bad this year. Bad yeah. this year. Yeah, it really is. Well, you took the you took the win on this pick. I went Bears, you went Commanders. Oh yeah. Really could have went either way. Oh, but yeah. uh just worse than your draft pick, Washington. That's all I need. So I mean, all you need is the Saints to keep losing because the that Eagles too. Have their pick, that, I would so. love that as well. But I mean, the Panthers are vying for that number one draft pick. They just traded Robbie Anderson, by the way, if if you saw that. Um, I did. I did see yeah, that. To the to Cardinals. Cardinals. They're, they're going to be a powerhouse, Jack. They're going to be a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Two dude, and four. They're getting Hopkins back. They're getting Robbie Anderson. Dude, you're telling me this isn't a wild card team? I just traded for Kyler Murray in fantasy today. Gave up Joe Burrow. Got Kyler Murray and Hunter Renfro. I am in on the Cardinals. Let's go. I'm sorry, but that's an awful trade. No, it's not. That is an awful trade. No, it's not. Murray is you better just than traded, Burrow. You no, he is not. Murray Are is, you kidding me? Yeah, no. Are I'm you kidding. kidding me? No. Stop that nonsense right what do now. You mean, bro? Stop that nonsense nope, right nope. now. Hundred yards rushing oh this my. weekend. Oh my! Hundred yards rushing this weekend. Oh Watch my! Watch what happens, dude. Write this. Write this day down. This is the day we're gonna see which quarterback does better in fantasy. It's it's uh for those that are wondering the scoring. Yeah, point one for every rushing yard. This is standard scoring, by the way. Point oh four for a passing yard. Four for a passing touchdown. Six for a rushing touchdown. Kyler Murray will outperform Joe Burrow over the rest of the season as he has done for the first portion of this season. Mur- coming into the week, Murray was the QB five without. DeAndre Hopkins and Robbie Anderson, and Burrow was the quarterback eight. Delusional, bro. Delusional. So, do you think he's be- what? It, so I'm five and one, buddy. I must be doing something right. Do you think he's better in fantasy purposes yes. or just overall? That's what I said. Fantasy purposes. But who's the better quarterback in general? In general, probably Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow. One of them's close. been to a Super Bowl. The other hasn't. One of them watches Fortnite videos. The other doesn't. Like, <laughs> so you just traded Joe Burrow for a quarterback. Who led an offense to nine points against the Seahawks? That is correct. So that is I I am betting on the upside. He does more rushing, which is valuable for fantasy, and he's getting DeAndre. And I didn't even know, well, I actually know I did know he was getting Robbie Anderson before I made the trade. He's getting two like one elite receiver, another good receiver. Wouldn't Dude, call Robbie Anderson elite. I, I didn't call Robbie. I said uh, one elite oh, receiver. Oh, DeAndre, DeAndre, the other DeAndre, good. DeAndre, right? my bad. My and bad. then he's already got uh, MVS. No, not MVS. Hollywood. He's got Hollywood Brown. And, who got uh, hurt? Who, what? Who got hurt? Did he get hurt? Which is why they traded for. Didn't Robbie see Anderson. that. Uh, <laughs> what's the severity of it? Uh, I don't know. Let me look it up. 
I did see the notification yesterday. Mm. Anyway, still, uh, he's he's just got more upside, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, from Adam Schefter, Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Brown suffered a potentially season-ending foot injury oh. Sunday. Per sources, he is undergoing further testing today to determine the extent of the injury, which Lovely. is why a subsequent trade for Robbie Anderson just happened. But Lovely. Robbie Anderson also just got kicked off his own sideline Yeah, he, by he was a little upset so. there. Yeah. Carolina's falling apart at the seams. Oh, uh, yeah, that's for sure. Please, that's one way to put it. Please hold on to Christian. So Please hold on to doubt it. Doubt that's going to happen. Christian McCaffrey, another 20-plus fantasy Speaking of star running backs, speaking of star running backs not going to go, oh, trying not to go anywhere, I think, you know, there, there's been the talk of the town is, oh, the Giants might trade Saquon. The Why? Giants might trade Saquon. Why would they trade Saquon? They're 5-1. and one. Not anymore. In fact, I think the Giants might be working on a new contract to keep Saquon, keep Saquon around, man. We'll get to the Giants in a little bit, but the job Brian Dable's done. They don't make sense. It don't make sense. <laughs> but the job, the, the job Ryan Dable's done in year one has been. I don't like it. It way, makes me uncomfortable in my way, insides. Way past anything, anything any Giants fan or anyone out there that's uh, you know likes the NFL could ever seen coming or ever expected. Let's so. jump the gun. Uh, you know what? Uh, no, I don't know. I, I have more to say on your Kyler Murray nonsense. Oh, oh all right. You want your to say Kyler Murray? Murray nonsense because I hate the Cardinals. By the way, I don't understand why. So you bet on a quarterback. You bet right. on a quarterback who spends his weekends. Uh, well, not his weekends, but spends his weekdays, I should say, um, you know, playing Call of Duty and not studying film. See, I can, but he's someone I can relate to because I am also a very lazy person. So I'm also short. By the way, I don't know. I think that's, I don't know if that's actually true or is it just no. a meme? I think it might just be a meme. So I don't know. No, I think funny. it was in the off season rather than watching film, like during like training camp days or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Double XP weekend for Call of Duty. That's Kyler Murray's calling card. <laughs> so, it was, not throwing I, the I think it's a good trade. And I mean, I also got um, Hunter Renfro for wide receiver depth, which is something I'm having a concern with right now because my, you know, I'm, I'm top heavy. I got Mike Evans, stud. Uh, but then I got Deontay Johnson, who's been pretty bad. Jacoby Myers and Michael Thomas, injuries. Well, uh, uh, Kyler Murray's me. Kyler Murray's quote from yesterday would not lead me to instill confidence. What in is him. it? Uh, I'm pulling it up now because I saw it. I saw it. And uh, it was not promising. But, bro, trust me, when Hopkins gets back, this whole thing is going to turn around. It's going to look so different. Would, so different. Would not, would not count on that, especially with the head coach. Now but, you uh, got me second-guessing my trade, Jack. You should. You should be. You should be. No. Especially I, I, with how Burrow performed yesterday. Dude, oh, Burrow lit it up. Exactly. Lit it up. 30 points. Love it. Love so. it. Bro, I, I won uh, last week before the Eagles even played, and I had their defense, so, you know, smart managerial move. I took them out just in case they went negative, which they didn't, by the way, because CJGJ had me covered. Actually, had the Cowboys covered <laughs> pretty well. He did. We'll get to the Eagles What'd game. you pull up? I am trying to find this quote. I saw it on Twitter yesterday, mm. and it's it was something like that. This is, you know, it's... Well, while you search for that, I'll walk us through the Thursday night game real quick because this one's you. easy. Uh, both teams suck. Both teams are awful. The Bears can't do anything. Uh, the Commanders can do just a little bit more. Uh, the Bears would have won if... Uh, who caught that ball? Was that Mooney? I think it was Mooney in the end zone. Well, on the goal line-ish. Uh, if he was a foot more toward the end zone, he would have won the game for the Bears. Uh, commanders go on and win. It was one of the ugliest games of the season. Uh, Carson Wentz is just, I mean, he's hurt now, right? Got a hand injury uh, going on? Yeah. So I think Heineke will be the man there soon. Um, wow. Just a, a franchise in complete disarray right now, the Washington Commanders, along with another franchise in complete disarray, the Chicago Bears. That was Thursday night. Uh, if you watched it like all the way through, congratulations. I fell asleep at some point. Uh, woke up. 
And it was the fourth quarter. Uh, while that was happening, by the way, I wanted to watch the Flyers game, but it was on ESPN Plus, which I don't have. I found that quote, by the way. You found it? All yes. Right. Uh, I can't say this first word, but uh, it hasn't been this hard since my rookie season. <laughs> so, um, wow, <laughs> two and four, man. Yeah, dude, Cardinals. I mean, look, look. I'm not trying to just sit here and slander, and just be an absolute hater. But look, yes, you are. It's not. It look. It's not an organization that is on the ascension by any means. I think they're on the, the decline. I think Cliff Kingsbury will be gone at season's end. Kyler I don't, Murray I don't just think got, anyone would be disappointed by Kyler that Murray got grossly Arizona. overpaid. Got grossly overpaid. It's not even close to being worth the second most paid quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Cardinals royally messed up with that contract. Uh, yeah, it's just a team that's they don't have good chemistry, I don't think. It's a team that's just they seem uninspired. I mean, you go up to Seattle and put up nine points. I mean, look, it is Jared crazy. Goff, Jared Goff put up 45 points. And it's not, I mean, look, Jared Goff is not a great quarterback by any means, but he's not, he's just a meh, he's a meh quarterback, but Kyler Murray, who's supposed to be this elite quarterback, uh, this this sensational player, could not throw a touchdown on the Seahawks, Seahawks secondary, so just really want to put that in perspective, I do have to get a quick message from the He's K-R been the notebook. fifth best fantasy quarterback, though. That doesn't point. mean anything to me. It means something to me, because that's what I brought up. From the KUR Notebook, attention KU community, KUR podcast, a good sampling of our programming regularly on multiple different platforms. Some of our best talk programming can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Simply open your Spotify or Apple Podcast and search for Kutztown University Radio and listen to the many great podcast featured. Some of our older podcasted programming is still available on YouTube. Search for Kutztown University Radio to find them. Finally, some of our best music-based programming is podcasted on Mixcloud. Go to our Mixcloud page at www.mixcloud.com slash KUradio to listen on demand. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are welcome back to Heavy Hitters. We're on Spotify, Jack. Yes, we are. Can confirm. So if you cannot tune in live, go to Spotify and you can listen to any of our Heavy older. Hitters and Wednesday wind-up yes, of, of days gone by yeah. on that Spotify page, Kutztown University Radio. Advisor Mike If Riggs. I can find it, you can find it because I'm an idiot. Well, Advisor Mike <laughs> Reggs does a fantastic job getting those episodes onto Spotify very quickly. We love it. Very timely manner. No better man than that. And he... I think might be on the show Wednesday. Uh, we're we're trying we're to pull working it on through, it. yeah. Yeah. Trying so, to get that We'll see happening. what we can do. But, you know, you mentioned Murray. I Look, you brought up fantasy, but I'm just more talking about the overall player Such here. Such a lightning rod for you, Jack. So much emotion here that I uncovered. Yeah, it's just because I think this guy is not as good as everyone even wants to make him out to be. I don't even think he's he's borderline top 10. Oh, my God. Really? Come on. No, I think All right, my okay. other quarterback he's in there, but well, he's like nine. My other quarterback on my roster is Dak Prescott coming off of IR. Who's better than Kyler Murray? Mm, maybe. When healthy? Oh, I'm taking, when, taking Dak 100%. In fantasy, though? In fantasy, though. Did you see what that Cowboys offense was last year when Dak was fully healthy? Mm-hmm. Pretty Look, darn Did you good. see what that Cowboys offense was week one when they went to Tampa Bay and got embarrassed it's, on Sunday Night Football? It's week one. It's week one. Lots of things change. Nope. Lots of things change. Except for this. They they got Death embarrassed. taxes and Dallas sucks. Look, the fact of the matter is we both dislike the Cowboys a, a lot. whole lot. Yeah. There is no dancing around that. But um, they're 4-2, and, and they're right there. They're and in third place. Hurt. They're in third place. But they're still in a playoff spot. Ugh, that irritates me. And when Dak gets back. How about our contention. divisions, Jack? Yeah, how about this? Three, East. three NFC three. East. Three. No, no, no. But in baseball, the NL East put in three uh, three playoff teams one of which going to the NLCS. Uh, and in the NFL, 
six and zero, five and one, four and two, three playoff teams right now in the uh, in the NFC East. Couldn't think yes. of that word for a second. Wow, we're just in some powerhouse divisions here, Jack. Yes, we are. Unexpecteds too, in terms of the Giants. But, oh, you know, let's get to the Giants. Here. Let's do it. Uh, Ravens Giants, another stunner. You're up. Stop the signs, week. beware. Both are upsets of the week, hit my friend. Really? And both were the New York teams. Mine was the Jets over oh, the Packers, man. and yours were the Giants over the Ravens, my oh, friend. Man. I think this is the first week that both I of our upsets of the week I forgot who I picked. Hit. Dude, the second time the Giants came through for me. Yeah. Wow. My, yep. By the way, I'm so sorry for my voice sounding like I'm, like I'm dying. But well, you were probably screaming. I've been your head screaming off the at televisions for ten days straight, Jack. It has not stopped. I mean, my throat's drier than the Sahara Desert right now, but mm. we we go on. You don't got any of this water that people can hear me drinking. I do, but I I, I drink it on break, which will be going on in just a few minutes. But okay. we still have more time to talk. Giants Ravens twenty four twenty. Baltimore falls to three and three. Lamar Jackson's first ever loss to an NFC team. Comes at the hands of Brian Dable and the That's New crazy. York Football Giants. Five and one, man. A lot of lot to look forward to wow. in terms of the Giants, not only for this year but the near future. This because is just shocking. look, this is a year where a lot of people thought the Giants they're going to be a four or five win team. I mean, they're going to get a top ten pick. They're going to have to, you know, it's just another building block year. Dable and this coaching staff. It's going to take time to instill what they want to instill in this team. Uh, you know, you think culture is an overrated thing, but look. Brian Dables clearly got these guys motivated to play at a different level because, look, this Giants roster really isn't a whole lot different than what last year's it's was. It's terrible. There's no receivers. I mean, look, this offense is not good. Let, let, let's not dance around it here. Darius Slayton is not a number one. Daniel Bellinger led the team with 38 receiving yards on Sunday, and the Giants won yards. the football game. Daniel, How? Daniel Jones goes for a buck 73, two touchdowns, but no interceptions, and that's been the big thing. Jones really has not turned the ball over through the first six games this year. Saquon Barkley has done a fantastic job. Um, you know, only 3.8 yards of carry, but he did what he needed to do, 83 and a touchdown on Sunday. And it's really the Giants defense. What Sliding really, up the one-yard line for Saquon, by the way. Thank you, Saquon. It. I was playing against him in fantasy. That Ooh. touchdown might have lost me the game. Ooh. So thank you, Saquon, for such a heads-up play awareness. It is a smart football play. Though. It is. Much love. 5-1. Won Jim. the game. 5-1, man. I, this, is, this is just it's so crazy to me, So Mitch. odd, Jack. It's crazy to you. Try being the guy that hates the Giants. Try being the, the guy that try being the guy that's seeing the Giants look incompetent as all things. You but know. you at least get to celebrate it. This is the one thing that dampened my weekend. Look, this look, is so upsetting. Let's, look, the let's Eagles be should here. be running let's, away with the division let, lead. Let's be real here. The Giants are five and one, and they are a good football team. No, I'm ready to say that no. now because they are. They're playing like a different football team, but this is the Eagles division. This is it so is. the Eagles division. It's the Eagles division. I mean, I mean, but I do think the Giants might make the playoffs now. Here's the thing. I mean, just because how easy their schedule. Daniel is. Jones strikes me as like a, a Cooper Rush situation. You talk. Well, he didn't nah, turn the ball over. He didn't turn. Well, he, sure, but only marginally. Uh, he didn't turn the ball over, and and that's what he's done for the first six weeks. That's not how you sound. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. The uh, what's up with that, man? I'm sorry. It, it, that sounded personal. I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. I was Got just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Jack told, Jack's been saying oh, that uh, all morning. I tried. You ignored me. Sorry. I was and looking down at my Jack's been here. saying that all morning, and he said he was going to find a way to work it into the show. And uh, I beat him to the punch, everybody. Uh, score one for the boys back home. SpongeBob <laughs> reference. But I, Oscar Gonzalez? Everyone, everyone said that Cooper Rush doesn't turn the ball over, and that's why the, he's undefeated in his career. Well, now he's defeated because he threw three picks. But I, that all comes to an end. The Giants are going to start losing. What is their upcoming schedule anyway? It's Dude, it's favorable, man. Look, Giants— You have two games against the Eagles. NFC East. NFC East does have the easiest schedules in terms of strength of schedule. Eagles 100%. and Giants are both in— 
uh, top five in terms of easiest strength of schedules. Because we got freebies so, against the Commanders. Giants play at Jacksonville. You, mm, that's, at Seattle. That's a closer game. At Seattle. That's also a close game. Home to Houston. Easy and win. home to Detroit. Those close are our next game. four. Those are four winnable games. Mm, they're winnable. I agree with you, but I think Jacksonville, Seattle, and Detroit, and New York are all in a similar bubble in this in this league right now. Well, I think Mitch, I hate to cut you games. off. We do okay. have to step aside, break for hour number one. When we come back, hour number two, keeping our NFL discussion going right here on Heavy Hitters. Right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. He's Mitchell Spedley. I'm Jack Heim. We're getting right back into the nitty-gritty NFL discussion. We talked about the Giants a lot. We started getting into the Eagles, but we're going to go through game through game, uh, game by game, I should say. Rapid reaction. We're going to get to everything and try and get in a timely manner. Try but get in most we do of get it before this break. Here. Yes, we do get sidetracked, but it but happens. Dad. It does happen. I almost. Why did I? I just said it happens, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounded personal. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. But we already talked over the horrific Thursday night game between Awful. the Commanders and Bears. Talk talked about the Giants. Giants. Big win over Baltimore. 5-1. and one. How about that? New York no. football Giants. No. I saw a Saquon Barkley jersey being worn around campus today. Man, it's Are a good kidding? time to be a New York Giant fan, man. Wow. I thought you were going to say New York sports. I was like, mm, no, I don't know about that one. Well, if you're a Yankee slash Giants fan, if That's the Yankees true. win tonight, then it's a good time for you. But uh, I'm clearly not in that camp, so... Giants are at least my saving grace for right now. And we'll get to college in a little bit. Why? Touch them all, Jack. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. We're going to stick with the stunners. We're going to stick with the stunners. Pittsburgh takes down Brady in the bus. Wow! My friend really? was at this game. My roommate was at this game, bro. Adam? Uh, Tyler. Tyler, that's Adam it. is a Bengals fan. Ah. I got, so. Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. Yeah, I got, um, well, so Tyler's a Steelers fan. He's my roommate. But then my, yep. this other group of friends I'm in that I'm uh, in the fantasy league with. Um, you know, three of the guys that I, I see most, one is a Ravens, one's a Bengals, one's a Steelers. It's crazy. Uh, it, it, it makes for some great conversation and stuff. And, you know, I, I've joked though, cause the Eagles look like a powerhouse and the Phillies look up like a powerhouse. And, I, and Adam's team went to the championship last year to the Super Bowl. I said, uh, you know, what if one of our teams goes every year? How would that, like, that would be insane. That would be. So fortunately the Steelers are going to have to wait. Maybe two years from now. But the Ravens, they should be making a push. But wow, falling to the Giants like that. I mean, and you're right. The Steelers, what an upset. Did you see how upset Tom Brady was? Oh, my goodness. That was hilarious. Did you see it? I it, obviously can't say what he said. One of the things that make me the happiest in the world is Tom Brady being upset. Man, things are just not going his way right now. That does sound really bad. What? I don't like him. Pulling for another man's demise. Not his demise. I'm not asking him to be like demised or anything or deceased. I'm, I'm just, I don't like when he's happy on a football field. Okay. That does sound a little better. But. <laughs> I don't like when he succeeds. Yeah. Just like me and Kyler Murray. It's nothing yes. personal. I, it's, nothing it personal. sounds off, personal. Off the field. Nothing personal. Very personal. Off the field. But on the field, yes. No. I don't like the Cardinals. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a... Uh, I'm not gonna. Uh. Wait, we've we've beat this. this yeah, we beat this drum enough. We're drum gonna move enough. on. We're yeah, I, I couldn't think of the word. For back back drum. to uh, back to Steelers. Tom Brady. Pickett leaves the game in the first quarter, getting hurt. Enter uh, Mitch concussion. Trubisky. Yeah, cue Mitch Trubisky throwing 12 dun, passes, going dun, nine of 12, dun, 144, dun, dun, and a touchdown. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna keep that up the whole Just show. Just giving some music. Yep. Mi- stats. Mitch provides background music <laughs> while I rattle off stats. Rest of the show. Um, one forty four to touchdown for Trubisky. <laughs> Najee Harris goes fourteen for forty two. Not much again. <laughs> Najee soon. Harris also got a receiving <laughs> touchdown. 
Claypool stepped up big for Pittsburgh. Really didn't do much at this point of the season, but big game on Sunday. Seven for 96 and a big-time touchdown for the Steelers. Steel City, the Steelers just find a way to do this, man. Even when they're not good, Mike Tomlin pulls these voodoo wins out of nowhere uh, and keeps the Steelers afloat, trying to keep that winning, uh, I think, one of the most overrated uh, streaks in the league. But the most, uh, the consecutive, uh, you know, years without a losing season for that Mike Tomlin something. continues. Come on. But, you know, well, when you miss the playoffs five of those years, eh, and when you haven't won. It makes no. it even funnier. Yeah, so it's just, it's whatever. Uh, I've had this conversation. Steelers are a very bad team, by the way. So. And I can't wait till the Eagles play them in no, yeah. three weeks. I mean, they can't run the ball. The offensive line cannot produce any push up front for run for the run uh, blocking. But defense looked good, man. They were Batter with injuries, man. The whole secondary is hurt. Minka's out. Uh, Levi Wallace is out. Um, who else? There was an, I'm missing another guy. Tried, pretty much uh, Edmonds. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is the only starter that actually played on Sunday in the Steelers secondary. And they found a way to limit this Bucks offense, man. Credit to him. Brady goes for only 243. Mike Evans, 4 for 42. Really got shut down. Chris Goblin, though, at 6 for 95. Yeah. I kept getting updates. Uh, fantasy, now... Mike Evans is in the red zone. Watch the action live. Five minutes later, Mike Evans is in the red zone. Watch the action live. It's like it happened so many times. And they just couldn't score. They just score. couldn't score. Couldn't get in the end zone. Man. Ryan suck up kicks. Wow. Four field goals. Four field goals and then a touchdown missed two-pointer, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's it. And that's, that's how That's all the, she wrote, folks. And that's how the Steelers survived. They're yeah. two and four. Brady and the Bucks are three and three. How about damn apples? How about it, Jack? Who would have thunk it? I mean, just look at the NFC right now. Like the, the dog people fight. we thought we were the, the, were the top dogs. I mean, Tampa's three and three. Packers are a mess right now. Minnesota, they're okay. They're they're fairly decent. What do they got? One or two losses? Uh, one. They were on, one. yeah. They were on a bye this week. Okay, that's no. I, Minnesota I, beat Miami. Did they? Yep. Why did I think? Oh no. They, yeah, you're right. I remember that game now. Why did I think they were on a bye? Yeah, Minnesota, they're they're five and one. They're pretty good. Uh, but the Rams falling apart at the seams. The Cowboys, how about them Cowboys falling apart at the seams? I mean, it's I love that though. It's the Eagles and the Vikings. How about Call it twenty seventeen. It's the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Giants. What is happening? Oh God. No, and the, and no, the that was the that was the year after the Giants made it. No, I, I'm I'm just saying the Eagles Vikings thing. Is 2017. Yeah, yeah. 2016 was the Giants' year. I was at that. Ben McAdoo. Oh, Ben McAdoo. (laughs) Please get out. Now in Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Please get out. Yeah, yeah, he's there. He's there. You you should have known it's been turmoil when Ben McAdoo was involved in your coaching staff. A really bad situation. I'll never forget. I was at Giants Chiefs 2017, and uh, Giants won 12 9 in overtime. It was a disgusting game. uh, It was just absolutely flat out gross. And the Giants had fourth down in their own territory, and and I yell out, Go for it! You're 0 and 8 or something. I, I, I think mm-hmm. it, I think we were 0 and 8 at the time or something. We were horrific. Yeah. Um. But they they did end up going for it and got it. So nice. It, see, Jack credits himself for the wins. No, I did not credit. I credited myself for getting it, not mm. for the win. Okay. But uh, we do have a was Ben McAdoo there in 2010, by the way. No, no, no. Tom I Coughlin. when he was. Oh, Tom Coughlin. But we do have a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. The Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 season continues on Friday night, February 10th, with a performance by Hannah Violet, the terrific leader of the Hannah Violet Trio. Her beautiful voice, whether on guitar or fiddle, will really draw your attention. There may even be a surprise guest musician. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. 
door opens at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served. For more information, you can contact Keith Brinsenhoff at 484-336-9639 or St. Paul's UCC at 610-683-3393. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, getting right back into the NFL discussion. We were talking about... What were we talking about? Oh, oh, real quick. Uh, that oh, 2010 comment came yes, out of nowhere. Yes. But I just um, I just love the video of... I thought it was Ben McAdoo for some reason, but no, it's the it was Tom Coughlin, the head coach of the Giants, walking up to his kicker after the Deshaun Jackson return. Oh, yeah, the punter. <laughs> just being like, why would you put it anywhere near it? Just the, the look... The look on his face. <sighs> Don't remind me. Gets a block! Are you kidding? But the year later, we won the Super Bowl. Sean so. Jackson. Still not in and now in for the touchdown. No flags. Yeah. And a year later, the Giants won the Super Bowl. So, And then six years after that, the Eagles won the Super Bowl against the same team. To the demise Coming of the left. Patriots. And Boom. Tom Brady. Yes. Down he goes. It's nothing personal. Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Yes. Two tall, thought? rather... I wouldn't say unathletic, but can't <laughs> no, run. It reminds me of that um that TikTok of the they asked the girl to name three sports players. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. said LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, yeah Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> yeah, the big three. The big, the big three that everyone thinks of. <laughs> that everyone knows. You just got to catch him, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. We're going down to Atlanta. Oh, let's go to Atlanta. Falcons, Niners. Falcons pull off this daughter, 20-14. San Francisco falls to to 3-3. Who saw this coming? Well, Nick Bosa didn't play a big part of the Niners' defensive struggles. It really was. Jimmy G goes for nearly 300, but two touchdowns, two picks. Niners couldn't run the ball for their lives. 16 carries for 50 yards, 3.1 a carry. Brandon Ayuk, two touchdowns. Look at him go. Look at that man. Look at that man. Stop on him. Mariota, 13 of 14, 129, two touchdowns. Leading receiver, Olamide Zacchaeus, four for 58. Drake London follows him at 40. Big win for Atlanta. They're 3 and 3. They're tied for the lead in the division. Oh, my goodness. Tied for the lead in the division. Well, no, they're a half game behind the Bucs. Oh, they're a game behind the Bucs because they lost. Oh, well, they have one more head to head, though. So, really, they're pretty much tied, assuming they win that game. Well, no, no. Atlanta's actually. many behind because they're only two in the division they've lost to the saints and the bucks oh i don't it's too early to consider that tied for the lead in the division jack let the tiebreaker sort them out as the season goes on okay well let them sort itself out falcons making a playoff (laughs) stop (laughs) stop hey hey atlanta needs something after this weekend well we're actually gonna go sorry buddy yeah well we're gonna go to cleveland (laughs) oh man zap 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 bailey Zappy. zappy 309, two touchdowns. Oh, Look at that. Devontae Parker, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Jacoby Myers, all going for more than 60 yards. And the rookie from Baylor, Tyquan Thornton, get involved, receiving touchdown. And he had a rushing score. Ramadre Stevenson added two of his own. Thank you. My fantasy flex goes for over 20 with a little garbage time touchdown as well. Thank you, hey, Bill Belichick, my fantasy for flex was Myers in the game. So we both had New England offensive guys yeah. go for us. I got like 10 points from him or something. But uh, New England wins big, 38 
15. Cleveland falls to 2-4. and four. Jacoby Brisket, 266. Brisket? One, yeah, that's what I always call him. It's funny. <laughs> One touchdown, two interceptions. Got zapped. And really the big thing was Cleveland could not establish anything on the ground. Nick Chubb goes for only 56 yards and 12 carries. And they were in a position where they couldn't really run the ball because they were down pretty much the entirety of the game. So big win for New England. They improved to 3-3. Three and three, And they're right there. Well, actually, no. not really because no, that division's not. pretty good. They got the Bills to contend with. How about then, the Jets? Uh, I, I don't understand. How about the Jets? We're going to Green Bay. You know, we're going to go right there. Let's go. Right I, there. Yeah, we briefly right touched there, on right it. Right there, right now. Upsets Aaron of the week. Aaron Rodgers Giants. is in shambles right now. A little bit. Showing his age. A little you bit. see that article? Yeah. Yeah. Rodgers and Brady showing their age. I don't know. I think it's just a... It's just got to be a down week, right? Something, maybe. I don't know. This is the first week ever that Brady and Rodgers were both favored by seven plus points and both lost. Wow. Ever. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, I was watching this game and I was just in stunned, stunned silence. You know what, folks? Both New York football teams are good. Nope. Both New York football teams are good. (sighs) They're for real, man. Look, they're for real. This we're six weeks into the season now. We're starting to learn more and more. Jets and you are going to miss the playoffs. Three weeks in, Giants might get in as a wild Three card. weeks in, you could say, well, you know, yeah, is, this, is this really what this team's going to be? No, this is six games in. We're seeing what these teams truly are. The Giants win games by not pretty quality of football, but they find ways to get it done. Big defensive plays, big timely plays. That's why they're five and one. Jets kind of the same deal, but their defense is really right, the Jets good. Jets had some big plays this week. They're Jets really have good. Playmakers. They're they're young too. Brees Hall, baby. Brees Hall, man. Brees Hall, baby. Whew. Drafted him in the fourth round of my brother's fantasy league. I'm five and one in that league, Ooh, and he is paying off big time, big time. I have such high, you know, quality running back depth. Aaron Jones, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kenneth Walker. Wow, I got McCaffrey and Daryl Henderson, Singletary, and Daryl Henderson's my fourth string running back. He's my RB five. Wow. Yeah, I don't really have depth, but I mean, the I, actually, there's a guy, I didn't open his messages, but I saw before the show, he tried to trade. <laughs> to know uh, what his message is. What? Ouch for that guy. Well, because he always sends me bogus trade offers, this man. There's always that one guy. Yeah, he just, it's constant, too. It's like every day. But um, he sent me, this one at least was considerable, but I'm not doing it. It was, um, he wanted me to give him Josh Jacobs and Michael Thomas in exchange for... Uh, What's that? The Arizona running back. Um, James Conner? James Conner and DJ Moore. No. Yeah, exactly. Why would anyone want to trade for DJ Moore? Well, because Robbie Anderson's gone. It's still the Carolina offense. I digress. Getting back to Jets Packers. 27-10 Jets win. They are now 4-2. They set a game behind Buffalo for the AFC East lead. If the Chiefs would have won yesterday, the Jets the Jets would have been tied for the division lead. Which by the way, they had a the chance. Buffalo Bills. And they did. We'll get to but that. credit Josh Allen. They marched down the field at the end. We will get to that indeed. 27-10. Sauce Gardner looks like an incredible pick. Defensive rookie of the year candidate for sure. Jets defense is young, high-powered. Quinn and Williams. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Uh, all of these guys I'm going to list off on both sides of the ball are under the age of 25. Quentin Williams, 24. Jermaine Johnson, 23. Brees Hall is only 21 years old. Wow. And he's already shining. Goes for a buck 16 and a touchdown on the ground. Added two catches for only five yards to the air, so not a whole lot. But he is getting a little bit of work in that aspect. Zach Wilson, you know, he's not, he doesn't look great, but he doesn't look horrible either. He's just doing what they need him to do. Uh, and then, you know, we mentioned those young guys as well. And then and, and, and the receiving room, they have Elijah Moore. Hasn't really been getting involved. But he's still a young guy who has a lot of talent. Um, yeah, man, it's just a team that they're young and they're finding their way. Robert Sala looks like a really good head coach. Coaching a young, inspired team in the New York Jets, man. 4-2, and two, it's, a, it's a crazy time 
It is a crazy, crazy time. Giants 5-1. and one. Jets 4-2. It four just and doesn't two. make sense. New York football is on the ascension, man. It is unbelievable Well, to see what we're looking it'll at It'll all here. come crashing down. The Speaking Mets of, held a, uh, what was it, 12-game division? Stop game? it, stop it, stop it. Ten and, half, ten and a half, ten and a half. We're talking about NFL. We talked about baseball a whole I lot. Know. Colts, Poor Jags, 34-27. Colts get the last-minute win. 17 seconds left. Matt Ryan finds Alec Pierce for a 32-yard score. Phillip Lindsay gets in for the two-point conversion. Colts offense actually looked like they were competent for this week. Matt yeah, Ryan goes for that? Matt Ryan nearly goes for So after throwing no touchdowns on Thursday Night Football, Matt Ryan turns back the clock and throws for 389 and three touchdowns, no interceptions. By the way, after getting shut out by the same Jags team uh, four weeks ago. Where, where did this come from? I, I don't understand. Jonathan Taylor's not around, and all of a sudden the Colts offense actually functions? That's weird. It's so strange. The Colts, they are the most confusing team. The Colts are so odd. But here they sit. 3-2-1. They beat Jacksonville 34-27. Trevor Lawrence has a multiple rushing touchdowns on the day. Travis Etienne is starting to take a hold of this uh, this. You know, running back room goes 10 carries for 86 yards on the ground, adds 22 receiving yards to the air, combining for over 100 total scrimmage yards. Trevor Lawrence goes 20 of 22 through the air for a touchdown and 165 yards, but all for naught as the Colts come out with a big-time home win, their first divisional game that they've won all season. 34-27. Right it was this a thriller. But, unfortunately, we do have to step aside for our first break of hour number two. When we come back, we are going to actually rapid react yes. to NFL. We have to move this show along. So then we'll talk about the birds. A lot at the more end to get to. We will get to all of the NFL games before shifting our focus and do some brief NHL tidbits and then college football to wrap up the show as usual. So much more ahead right here on Heavy Hitters. Stay right here. Do not go anywhere. Much more coming your way next right here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters. Ah, death taxes and Mitchell struggling to put his headphones on. There we go. I got it, Jack. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Hyman. We're running through the NFL, National Football League Week 6 action. Give me some quick games to recap, Jack. Okay. Give me a second. Oh. Just putting down my notebook. So right. quick. So speedy. Lightning fast. Okay. Cat-like reflexes, folks. Not really. <laughs> but, uh, okay. We are going to Miami, Vikings, and Dolphins. The Final game I score, forgot existed. 24-16. You thought the Vikings were on a bye. I don't no, know why. They played, they played Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins. Skylar Thompson started this game, but it wouldn't be a week of NFL football these last three weeks if a Dolphins quarterback didn't find a way to get hurt. Jeez. It is really, really bad. Uh, so Skylar Thompson leaves the game hurt. Teddy Bridgewater steps in and tries to play some hero ball, and he kept the Dolphins close. They went down the field towards the end of the game, but just could not get over the hump. 24-16, Vikings win it, and it isn't a game in Florida for Dalvin Cook unless he has a big rushing touchdown, <laughs> which is the case. He went for a 53-yard score on the ground, the main play for this Vikings offense. Yeah, the Vikings don't really blow you away with anything they do, but they find a way to, they're 5-1. and one. They are 5-1. and one. JJ had a 6 to? for 107. Yeah, we know. Remind we lost the, the crowd. Birds. We lost to the birds. Uh, they, not we. we. <laughs> Why am I saying we? Jack is a Vikings fan. Okay. Well, no. I, you know, I can explain. So Dalvin Cook. Every time uh, I talk about Dalvin, Cook, I can explain. Every time I talk about Dalvin Cook, I associate him with Florida State. So that's why I said we. But that's projection. Vikings five and one. How did Florida State do this weekend? We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I know. We'll get there. I know. We'll get there. Honestly, I'm not disappointed. But uh, I Jay Jettis goes six for 107. Vikings win 24 16. They have the two seed in the NFC five and one, sitting well atop the NFC North. Really? Not a threat behind them. They're they not have, contested. They have, they have a win over Green Bay and the Packers the way they look right now. Vikings smooth sailing despite not playing the cleanest of football to the NFC North crown. But plenty of time for things to 
change. 12 weeks, in fact. 11 games, in fact. A lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of time. Vikings country. Oh. <laughs> I was scrolling through and I'm looking, why are there so much less games this week? But uh, it's there because there were buys. Yeah. It's because there were buys. Bengals Saints, 30-26. to 26, Joe Burrow Joe and Burrow the came Bengals. out of the woodwork, baby. Joe Burrow looked like last year's Joe Burrow. 300, three touchdowns. Goes to his main man, Jamar Chase, for a buck 32, two touchdowns. This is the connection we saw plenty light up many a secondaries last year. That plus the rushing touchdown. And, uh, yeah, you did get in for a rushing score. Good call there. Always, Jack. I would never Cincinnati. let you Cincinnati. Man, they... I'm not going to say they're back because they're only 3-3. Three and three, Come but... on, they're back. They look good. And they are... I hope they're not too back, though. Otherwise, I traded away a very good quarterback. I think you messed up there. But... We had that discussion. It doesn't go, go through until 9 a.m. on Wednesday. Maybe I can cancel The that. only reason is that the Bengals are in trouble is because they aren't 0-2 in the division with a loss to the Steelers Gross. and have already lost to Baltimore. So uh, they do have an uphill battle if the Ravens can keep pace in terms of winning divisional games while Baltimore's 1-0 with a win against the Bengals, like was aforementioned. Main thing for this one man. <laughs> oh, wow. Excuse me. Oh, tickle my throat. I caught up there um saints are two and four man they they are not that good thank you andy Dalton. keep on going you know I, I was wrong about this one i was high in the saints going into the season i'm willing to full admit when i'm wrong unlike some people no i'm just kidding did i do that no no nah, no. kyler murray's awesome i was just making a joke but uh <laughs> that sounded personal <laughs> i'm gonna stop saying it now. dalton 17 to 32 162 one touchdown no picks camara looks like he's back in full swing fully healthy 19 carries 99 yards Added 25 receiving yards, so it goes for over 110 all-purpose yards, but not enough. Saints fall 30-26. They're 2-4. and four. Not looking good for them. Bengals, uh, let's take a look at their quick upcoming schedule. They have Atlanta at home this week for traveling to take on the Browns in an interstate rivalry. They host the Panthers and then go to Pittsburgh. Favorable schedule Four for the wins. Bengals. They could Four rattle off wins. a big-time win streak here and kind of assert themselves back as, I wouldn't say what they were last year because how dominant they were, but... Uh, you know, they can they can make some noise. Take advantage of a weaker schedule. Let's see if that happens. Four o'clock slate. Rams, Panthers out in LA. Car- uh, Ooh, Carolina falls again. One and five, 24 10. The Rams win. They're three and three. Matt Stafford clearly does not look 100%. He looks. Something's wrong with Matt Stafford. This was a mediocre beatdown. That's what this was. Yeah. Panthers never had a chance. They led. Did they lead at halftime or just before it? It was 10 7. It was 10 7 because they threw a pick six. Yeah. It yeah was the 10, Panthers 7. do that to you. Like they did that against the Cardinals. Um, They'll have a pick six. You'll be like, oh, wow, there's something here. And then they just completely do nothing the rest of the game. 10-7 and a half, and they didn't score a single point after. It looked like uh, the Panthers' new head coach, I, whose name Steve Wilk. has suddenly eluded me. Steve Wilk, yeah. I think. I think you're right. Uh, it looked like he came out with a, a new game plan, and that was uh, give the ball to McCaffrey. And they just kept doing that. The whole first uh, he is their entire drive. Team. Yeah, the first half, really. I mean, the whole game. He got he had another 20-plus fantasy points showing. Eight points on the first drive, by the way. Folks, we are not good with mathematics on this show, but I have a quick, simple equation that means the truth. CMC equals Panthers offense. <laughs> I mean, DJ Moore. No, no. DJ Moore. No. So what happens DJ if they trade Moore him? Nothing. What happens if they trade him? They Who, get CMC? shut out every week? I mean, they, yeah. I mean, dude, they already struggle to put up points as it is. If you take CMC out of this offense, it is it is scary how bad it is. I agree. It is scary. It's really How bad upsetting. it is. Need some big moves. Need Howie Roseman to get in there. You need something to go your way. Because Carolina, man, probably, I'd say right now, the darkest future of any team in the league. What? Come on. Any team? They don't have a quarterback. They'll get one this year. Big quarterback draft coming. Who do you like? Who who would you take? 
Oh. Personally, I, I like Bryce Young. Guy. I wouldn't take him. I think the Vols guy. But he's, dude, he's he's older than Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. No Ed Hooker is 24 years old Hooker and a few months older than Jalen Hurts, who's been, be older than who's been in the league then for two years. Yep. Hennon Hooker is older than Jalen Hurts. Wow. We'll talk about Tennessee Bama in just a little bit. What if they take the Cincinnati kit? No. Dear God. Sean Clifford? I, I'd cry. I would cry. Sean Clifford at the NFL? Yeah, I don't see that happening. I would cry. We'll talk about Penn State no, as well. It could be Bryce Young. could be Hooker. I don't know. Seahawks, Cardinals. We're going to move on. We already talked about the the Cardinals quite, kind of covered quite this a one. lot. But just some quick tidbits on the Seahawks side of things. Geno Smith continues to look solid. 2031 goes for 197. Did not throw a touchdown. Did not turn it over. Kenneth Walker continues to shine in the Absence filling the of role Rashad of Penny. Rashad Penny due to his season-ending injury. Kenneth Walker looks really good. 97 and a touchdown on the ground. Added 13 more receiving yards. No, spreading the ball around. Fant uh, and Eskridge. Two tight ends get involved. DK, Lockett. You know, they didn't really have the best weeks, but... Seahawks do enough on offense. They put up 19. They take down division foe slash rival Arizona at home. Biggest game of the biggest game of the week in the terms of the four o'clock slate and really all the day games. Bills, Chiefs, oh, man. 24-20. We Pretty are going to quickly go over this one. Tony Romo called us. He said earlier in the game, this feels like a 24-20 Did type of game. Did you see that? That was awesome. That was I wizardry. Tony. Wizardry from Tony Romo. That was cool. If only he played like quarterback and was like, you know, Knew this had this IQ then. No, oh, wait, I'm glad did. that he didn't play very well. For he the was Cowboys. Dallas, so, Josh Allen balls out 329, three touchdowns. Devin Singletary, how about that? Yeah, Bills, man. Bills could started run the ball. Him. I started so did him. I. So did in the I. Absence of Jacobs, baby. He goes for 85 on the ground and 17 carries. Bills averaged five yards a carry. Wow, they ran the ball. Would you look at that? And it was more than that. Like his last few carries were terrible. Like he was averaging six for a while. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, another big game, ten for a buck forty-eight and a touchdown. Always. Gabe Davis always has his big play against Kansas City. No, and he again, always has his big play when Jim Nance is in the building. Three for seventy-four and a touchdown, not to the tune of four touchdowns yeah. like he had last year in the playoffs, but that is it absolutely is Davis. nearly that impossible is to replicate. But Bills find a way. Last-minute drive. Josh Allen does it. Shatters the hearts of Chiefs fans this time. Gets a little form of payback. Well, Bills, they had the Chiefs one. had their chance, they but did. a late interception. By Patrick Mahomes is what seals the deal here. Usually it's it, with these games, just like last year, it's whoever has the ball last will win the game. Not this time. Patrick Mahomes throws the pick, and uh, second straight year the Chiefs lose the regular season game to the Bills. So Happened last year. I was, uh, I was That was a Sunday night game. I remember that. Manuel Sanders catching a game-clinching touchdown. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs, I mean, they have the, the biggest laugh in this, in this developing series with the playoff win last year. But, you know. Hard-fought game, very good game, and uh, hopefully there's more like it to come because uh, maybe – can we put one of these on Thursday night? I mean, please. Nah. Sunday terrible. Night. Sunday night. No, I agree Sunday night as well, but we need something on Thursdays. Oops. Accidentally bumped what my microphone. do? I bumped my microphone. Oh. Very, very. Sounded like my hat way. coming in there. Boom. I quick moved my hand, but I kind of like flicked it up and it smacked mm. all of the microphone. Gotcha. Uh, pop cover here. So Okay. Well – we're going to so go to Sunday night. Arrowhead. Yeah, let's go to Sunday night football. Mitch, Mitch, I know you want to talk about this one. I know you do. But, oh, yeah. And we will. We will. Oh, but yeah. not to the tune of your five minutes plus it's in not depth five by the Eagles every week. It's not going to be five minutes. But 26-17, Eagles take down Dallas on Sunday night football. The rivals go down again. Yes. 6-0 and are the Eagles. Best record in the NFL. Last standing undefeated team. That has been the case for weeks now, and it continues to be the case. Man, I really don't like Nick Sirianni, but I digress on that. that I makes will not two go of into us. that. Really? <laughs> I don't like him at all. He's so he's so soft. He's so soft. I agree. His press guy, how about being a Philly sports fan, man? 
My God, it's like awesome. Yes, how about them Eagles? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't like Nick Sirianni. I miss Doug Peterson. But the Eagles, uh, doing what they do all season, a dominant second quarter, put up 20. It was 20 nothing at one point. But Dallas, coming back, making it a game 20-17. to uh, And then Jalen Hurts would find Skinny Batman for, a, I think it was a four-yard score, uh, to put the game basically away. Dallas would miss a field goal. You know, it was in doubt for about 10 minutes there. But most of the time, the Eagles ran away with this game. They looked like the better team. They are the better team. They are undefeated for a reason. We've talked about it with other teams. Doesn't matter how you win. It's that you win. And the Eagles do that with with periods of just looking utterly unstoppable. And if they can just extend those those streaks, if they can really put it together, we haven't seen them play a 100% full game yet. We haven't seen their ceiling. This is a dangerous team, Jack. This is a Super Bowl favorite, in my opinion. I went on the Defense show last week. great, too, man. I went on the show last week and said the Eagles are a good team, but I don't think they got what it takes to win it. I'm going to stand by that for now. Come on! You don't think this defense now. is elite? Three picks of the guy that's never been picked before? Cooper Rush, CJ, GJ with two of them. Big play slay with the other. I think this is, was just inevitable. It was just time that he played a team that could get to the passer and make them have to force tight throws in the tight situations. You know, The 5-1 Giants didn't do it to him. Because the Cowboys were able to run the ball all over the Giants. Right. We have good run defense. When you when you have to put the ball in the hands of a mediocre to subpar quarterback, you see what happens. It happens with all of them at some point. When you play a team that is a very good team and makes the defense makes that quarterback have to make plays that require upper end quarterback talent to do, you see what happens. But and he threw three interceptions. This is unreal, but like they, they have the defense that's able to do that, and they have an, an offense, a quarterback that just led two game-winning drives in a row. In a row. Mash, meh. No, no, that was a beautiful drive culminating in the Smith touchdown. Mash, meh. It was the third down conversions this team is able to do on the ground, by the way, with multiple different guys is impeccable. This is, a, this is a strong team with a weak head coach. There's a reason he gave up play calling. I don't like Gannon either. I'd rather have both of them out. But as it stands now, man, who's better than the Eagles? Sorry. Who's better than the Eagles? Yawn. Um, Bills. No. And, uh, no. Yep. So, I digress. I, I, think, I think it will be a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl. I don't. Why? You think the Vikings? Who, who in the NFC is better? Someone will find their footing that's the struggling right now. I think the Giants are a threat to the no. Eagles. No, okay. Did I? No. Didn't say that when I was talking about the Giants. I don't think I it's know. true. Who, I, but who's better? Name one team that is better than the Eagles. A lot of football to be played. A lot of you can't to be do played. it. A lot of football to be you played. You can't do it. Yeah, because there's not right now. Thank you. But things change. Things might change. Things change. Some things stay the same. They do. Some things change, some things stay the same. We'll see how it all shakes out. But for right now, one of these scuffling power teams in the NFC will find their footing. Fly, whether it be the Ra- fly, Whether it be baby. the Rams, the Bucks, or even, in my mind, San Francisco. I think San Francisco we'll is a good team as well. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. A lot of football to be played. A lot of Eagles wins left to be had. There's a reason a Super Bowl champion isn't crowned after week six. That's correct. But we got it, bro. So, we got it. You know, We're doing it. By the way, I saw an opinion article yesterday from the LA Times that said, uh, if there was one year where the postseason should be canceled and should be crowned, a uh, champion should be crowned for being so much better than everyone else, it should be the 2022 111 win Dodgers. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, who wrote this and how was 
And how was this able to be published? That's what I want to know. I digress. Oh my I just, goodness. I just thought that was funny because it ties into crowning a champion yes. before the postseason's played. I just thought it was hilarious, but uh we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time going into this. We got a preview Monday night football before Let's we take our it. last break of today's show. AFC West Showdown out in LA, SoFi Stadium. Russell Wilson and Broncos Country Let's Ride taken on Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers. Keenan Allen absent again, I believe his Man. hamstring is uh poor guy. Is lingering. He's doubtful, so he will not play. Mike Williams will continue to be the number one wide receiver, and I think we'll continue to shine shine impress, in that role yeah. and yes impress good word good word word of the day impress not did really i impress you it. with it yeah a little bit just a little <laughs> bit just a little bit are the eagles impressing you you know who's impressing me as of late last two weeks one of Could your favorites justin herbert one of your favorites austin eckler oh god no. <laughs> no as soon as i said it on air because i've said this for years by the way yep i've said it to so many people off air this season when he was awful and then as soon as I say it on air, he combines the last two weeks for five touchdowns. I can't yep. I can't win. And has gone over 110 yards in both games. Yeah. So Austin Eckler, he definitely hurt you, Mitch. <laughs> Austin Eckler. So if you're listener, saying if the Chargers really. win it all, uh, I get credit for the turnaround. Yeah, you get credit for the the career year of Austin Eckler yeah. and the Chargers Super Bowl win. No, but uh I'll take my paycheck, Austin. Chargers. Favorite. <laughs> Chargers favored by four in this one. <laughs> Wait, maybe if I switch it, it'll go back. Austin Eckler, let's ride. So, can Denver can Denver get a win? Can Denver get no, a win? No, they can't get a win. No. Is it time to believe in this offense? Eckler's putting up four. Four what? Touchdowns. Four touchdowns, Austin Eckler. That would be crazy. Here's here's my here's my very bold take. Austin Eckler scores more than the Denver Broncos combined. That would be that would be something. I'm else. telling you, dude, he could score like. Does he get credit for extra points? Should we give him credit for the extra points after his touchdowns? Um, no, no. All right, fine, fine. He'll score. Oh, actually, yes, yes, yeah, that does contribute. So, yeah. so he'll he'll score 14. <laughs> Broncos will score 13. Chargers win 27 13. That's what I got, bro. I like I like Chargers 24 10. Or maybe I should phrase it like, I feel like this is one of those 27-13 games, you know? Okay, Tony Romo. <laughs> um, yeah, so score predictions for me. I think Herbert and this offense is just too much. They're going to wear down the Broncos' defense as the game goes on. Mike Williams gets in the end zone. Uh, I like Austin Eckler getting in the end zone a couple times. Yeah, see? And see. Uh, maybe even Gerald Everett gets involved towards the Oh, he zone. will. So He'll get his. He'll get a slide. A Joshua Palmer. So, wait, what did you say? 27-10? 27-13. I'll go 27-10. Very Ooh. similar, but Ooh. I think it's a, I think it's a game where LA wins, LA covers. It's just look, things are not going well for Denver. I th- I think Nathaniel Hackett's pretty much clown head coach. I'll That's say it just again, my thoughts. He can't hack it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Should not be an NFL head coach. It's like Russell, Chip Kelly. Russell Wilson is not a good leader. Uh, multiple people, even from those Seahawks teams, came out and said it. Um, so when you have two guys who are not capable at leadership positions on teams, how do you expect the train to stay on the tracks? They, it, it it hasn't, and it can, will continue to not. Uh, be going the right direction for Denver. I like the Chargers to win. We both do. Uh, and I think that was both of our picks. I think we both picked think the we Chargers both picked, uh, to win. LA, yeah. uh, the reason we haven't gone over our records yet is because the week isn't officially over. What are we at right now? Because it's not going to change. Haven't done the calculations. We both had the same pick. <laughs> haven't no. done the calculations. Matt, yeah, we, we're not going to do math on air. <laughs> yeah, math on, math on air has not gone well, except for CMC equals Panthers offense. That's C- the lone mathematical equation that's correct. gone well on heavy hitters. But we do have to take we our final trans- break oh, man, of today's really? show. Yeah, man. But 
like you were alluding to, we will transition to college football when we come back to wrap up today's show of heavy hitters. Stay right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R. Kutztown. And welcome back to heavy hitters, everybody. Right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R. Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley for the final segment of today's show. And we are going into all things college football and if you watched any of Week 7 and come uh, away saying you don't love college football, <laughs> well, not if you're a Penn State fan, yeah, but if you're say. just a fan of the sport in general and you walk away uh, saying that wasn't a great week of college football, I don't know what you watched. There were great games all day long from noon to 10 p.m. We are going to go from everything. You know, We're going to start at noon, big noon kickoff up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Penn State fans, I will apologize in advance because I am going to grill your team. For a little bit. It's going to be brutal. I'm going to grill your team for a little bit. Did better but than you, buddy. Not really. Florida State. That's the, uh, Florida State only lost by six to Clemson. I know. Only lost by six. That, was, the a, that was a tight Over game. the course of the season. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how things shake up. I'm doing better than you. But, I lost uh, my hat. I lost my hat. It's okay. Where should um, I put that? Oh, it's on the floor behind your chair. I've been looking on the floor. So, um, anyway. Anyway. Well, getting into nice Penn State. see things. Getting into Penn State, Michigan. <laughs> I found it. That's not how it goes. Uh, it's a funny text. My dad just texted me, I don't love college football. Well, for his favorite team, I don't blame him. What's his favorite team? Notre Dame. Mm, wow, me and your dad agree on something? They just lost to Stanford. I'm aware. <laughs> so I'm bad. aware. I'm so, it's so bad. I, I do feel bad. I'm I do aware feel bad. of the situation. So. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm loving that Knoxville team, though. I'm yeah, lo- I'm loving the balls. They're, they're Morgan a team Wallen. that's so, we'll get to that's it. That's a team you can definitely State. support. Yes. But yes, uh, Penn State, Michigan, man, Michigan dominates them, and it really was not expected, man. It was top ten showdown. I a lot of the talk of the town going into this game was this is a game where Penn State can really establish that they belong in the top ten. They can you know stick with Michigan. It's going to be a close game, one possession right to the very end. Can can Penn State's strong run defense? Stifle that strong Michigan rushing attack, and that is not what happened at all. Not even remotely close. From the time Michigan snapped the ball for their first offensive play to the time the final whistle was blown, Michigan's offensive line and rushing attack absolutely dominated Penn State's defensive front. It was not even a competition. It was from the first time Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards both received their first handoff. It was... Pure domination. Donovan Edwards, 16 carries, 173, two touchdowns, 10.8 a carry. Blake Corum, 28 carries, 166, two touchdowns. That's 5.9 a carry. Michigan in total, 55 carries, 418 yards, and four rushing touchdowns, folks. If that is not a padlock stat for you, I don't know what is. That is pure domination. They ran the ball down Penn State's throat all day, and the Nittany Lions defense had zero solution for it. The biggest difference, Michigan's offense, it was a duplicable result. Penn State's wasn't. Penn State, their sole offense came from one big play in the first half, at least, from that 60-plus yard run from Sean Clifford on that third down, got him inside the 10. They punched it in the end zone, and that was it. Penn State, that was the lone first down for Penn State's offense in the first half. One. Penn State had one first down going into halftime. Again, I don't think think that can be overemphasized enough. One. A singular first down. At halftime. And they were down by two. It was one of these things where the box score, the box score can fool you. Box score can definitely fool you. It was an illusion. It was 16-14 Michigan at halftime, and it was not that close ever. It was never. That game never felt that close. Uh, I think the plays at halftime were 40-13 to 13 in Michigan's favor. 
I think I think Michigan ran it, ended up running seventy five plays. It was it was ugly. It was it was ugly. It was, it was ugly bad. to say the least. Total yards five sixty three to Michigan for Michigan, two sixty eight for Penn State. First downs twenty eight for Michigan, ten for Penn State. Whew. Ugly, ugly. But no, this is the, this is the question I posed for Penn State. It was a beatdown, forty one seventeen. There's no way around it. It was ugly in every sense of the word. Offense. Did not look good. Defense on the field for a boatload of time also didn't look good. This is gut check time. This is gut check time for Penn State. Coming into the season, you know, this is a three-game stretch that would define their season. You know, looking at the schedules, Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, Central Michigan, and Northwestern. Those games were winnable. You know, and Auburn was a big test for them. It was an impressive win, 41-12. But we know how bad of a football team Auburn is. Just look at their record. Look at how they've played. They're, they're, they are a bad football team. It's just a fact of the matter. Three and four. It's not good, but you know it was at Michigan, home to Minnesota, home to Ohio State. This is the three-game stretch that would make or break Penn State season, and they got they got a they got a haymaker for Michigan on on Saturday. They did, but gut check time. How do you move on from this loss? How do you swallow this tough pill and move on to your next game at home against Minnesota? Because guess what, Minnesota they have a running back who's just as capable as Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards. Mo Ibrahim is a very very talented running back. And guess what? Minnesota, they, they, they saw they saw how Michigan beat Penn State last week, and they can certainly replicate that. They're, they might not have their starting quarterback, Tanner Morgan, for this week, which would be a huge, huge development in Penn State's favor. But I tell you what, the way, the way Minnesota can run the ball, I think that's a formula a lot of teams are going to look to try to use against Penn State for the rest of the season. Because I tell you what, having your defense on the, play, on the field for 70-plus plays every single week is not a recipe for success. The offense couldn't sustain anything. They couldn't move the ball up and down the field by any means. They couldn't throw it well. They couldn't run it well. Penn State's biggest run outside of that Clifford 60-plus yarder was nine. Their biggest run after that was nine yards, their biggest run of the day. It was terrible. Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. James Franklin against Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State combined in his tenure at Penn State, 7-18. and He'd tell you that's not good enough. Penn State fans across the land would tell you that's not good enough. But guess what? Saying that's not good enough really isn't going to change anything because you have to go out there and prove it. Uh, I don't really care who's starting at quarterback on Saturday because you saw how much different the Penn State offense looked when Drew Aller came in. Uh, wasn't much different. So Michigan dominates. They look just as good as last year, if not a little bit better, with how efficiently they're able to run the ball. One more big talking point was, you know, could Penn State make J.J. McCarthy throw the ball to win them the game? Didn't really come to that. J.J. McCarthy led the country in completion percentage going into the day. Uh, he had a efficient enough days. It was 70% completion percentage for the Wolverines quarterback. And he adds a little bit of different dynamic to this offense with the ability for him to run it. Man, Michigan. You know, in an era of college football that's shifting towards more elite passing game, passing game, passing game, they're an old school, run it down your throat, uh, you know, just beat you down, wear you down over a course of a full four quarters. It's an identity that you can love to watch as a traditional fan of football. And yeah, man, they have one of the best rushing attacks in the country. Their offensive line is incredible. They're going to be a tough team to beat. And Ohio State, Michigan at the end of the year, it's going to be a fun one to watch. But uh, as for Penn State, man, they got to rebound against Minnesota. They have to change some things on offense that I don't know over quick fixes. A lot of things need to change if they want to get a win over Minnesota. And Mitch, I'm going to get, let you get your thoughts on this because I've been kind of well, my my thought is my thought is that you just doubled the time that I was gonna or that I did um parade about the Eagles. You just doubled that just to dump on Penn State. That was impressive. That's been building for a while, I can tell. I mean, look, it's the fact of the matter. I mean, no, you have to look that's at what, been, that, that seemed a little personal. I mean, 
that, that look, that's all that happened on Saturday. No, it, it, it was there was a lot there. Yeah, the no, proof's in the pudding. No, it, it's everything you said there is true, but I mean, yeah, we all knew Penn State was a dog. We all knew that. This doesn't utterly shock anyone. I thought Michigan was going to win. I didn't think they were going to win by that much, though. Okay, I didn't think it was going to be that like that. I didn't think Michigan was going to go out on that field on Saturday and purely laugh Penn State off the field. This, this is what, what happens to Penn State whenever we have a chance to really make a statement. Get ourselves into the playoff picture. This is this is what happens. It's disappointing. It's really upsetting. It is, but it's it's man, it's it's it stinks. You know, I now now I truly I thought this year could be a little bit different, but no. now I know I understand why Penn State fans think the way they do, and it's it's unfortunate. It really is. It, it really really it is. It sucks. It's just awful. Every time you have a big game, you have to kind of, you, you you don't have to, but it's just a pessimistic manner because you haven't won them. I know a lot. It, it just stinks. I try to get excited, and it just after years of this, it just becomes. A certain, you know, you just can't. You just can't do it anymore. Uh, Ohio State, I almost don't even care. I, we're going to lose 56 to 17. Yeah, it could get ugly. It's going to get bad. It could be real ugly. Um, so that, that's the, op- the optimism sun setting on Penn State season. But let's transition to a game that actually did make me adore college football, Jack. I've been talking to you about it yep. constantly. If, if you watch Tennessee and oh, Bama on Saturday, if you were not a fan of college football oh, and watched that my. game— you have to be Goodness. a fan of college football. What a game. 52-49. Tennessee does it. They beat Bama for the first time since 2006. 15 years of misery erased by the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday. You saw the pure joy from the mere thousands of people pouring on a Neyland Stadium's field. As Stealing soon the goalposts, Jack. Yep. Throwing them in the river. Having a college kid riding on that goalpost down the streets of Knoxville, Tennessee. Inject it into your veins, folks. You can't get it anywhere else. College football is your one-stop shop for that type I mean, of energy. I mean, you got Eagles fans that climb light poles. That's close. I don't. I don't know if that mirror is carrying a goalpost down the that street was and, pretty and throwing it into throwing it into the Tennessee River. Where are they going to get new ones for next week? Yeah, Tennessee put out a tweet. Um, you know, the events on Saturday were fun, but we need to raise 150k to uh, <laughs> to, to get new goalposts to play a game on Saturday. Tennessee host used T Martin, and that one could get bad. But uh, <laughs> that, dude. Let's just talk about the game, all right? Because I didn't follow this until the fourth. Well, I followed it from a distance. I get score updates and stuff. It was the game of the year. 28 to 10, Tennessee led. And I'm like, they're beating Alabama into the the dirt in Knoxville. Wow. And then Alabama climbed back, 34-28. And then, did they take the lead, 35-34? Yep. Yeah, 35-34, Alabama comes back. They're like, uh-uh, roll tide. And then Tennessee takes the lead. 42-35, 42-all, 49-42. You kidding? Was That's, it Alabama that yep, took the lead Dallas there? Turner with a scoop and, and score made it 49-42. The comeback, Jack, to not only tie it, but to win. Well, 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 well. Bama missed their kick. Yep, Will Reichard missed a 50-yarder. 15 seconds. Two plays. They go right down Two the field. Two plays. Brew it McCoy. looked like the, the, um, the Chiefs-Bills. Not to bring up well, the Chiefs-Bills. That's that's another comp I had for it. But like uh, the one second left thing to then kick the field goal, it reminded me of Jake Elliott 61-yarder. It wasn't a long field goal like that, but it reminded me of that vibe of just like one second left. Wow. I, we were in the uh, – me and my couple friends, we were in the uh, – the dining hall. And they didn't have it on the TV. I don't know why. Uh, but we were watching on my phone. And, like, we had people, like, crowded around my phone watching this game just in the dining hall. Just What college football can do for you, It folks. was awesome. And we're all, like, 
we knew they they were coming onto the field the second that kick went, and it was a weird kick, knuckle kick, knuckle ball, baby, barely goes in. They barely showed goes a, in. They showed an angle from like below the uh, below the uh, the, yeah, the crossbar b- there. Below the crossbar, just got over. I know. just got over. It was crazy. I'm aware. It was crazy. But I mean, goalposts did their job, and then they were uh, eradicated. Yep. <laughs> Well, Hendon Hooker is that guy. 385, five touchdowns to one interception. Jalen Hyatt, 207, five touchdowns for the Vols. Took advantage of that ma- that matchup all day. But we do have to get a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU students, have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty, student research pairs over the summer. The goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bears grant funding, please visit www.cutstown.edu UGRC and look under grants and sponsored projects. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KUR, welcome back to Heavy Hitters. We got to fly. A couple more games I want to talk to, but wrapping up Tennessee, Bama, Jalen Hyatt, 207, five touchdowns. They took advantage of a mismatch all day. That safety number two for Alabama should not have been covering him. And Tennessee went to the well again and again, oh wait, and again. Uh, <laughs> Bama never made the adjustments. And yeah, this is coming for Bama secondary. Everyone kind of surprised that Tennessee did this to them. I was not. If Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt in that week two Texas game, I think Texas could have hung a crooked number on this team. Texas A&M put this team on the brink last week. This is coming, and they faced an elite Tennessee offense, and they finally did to this team uh, what what kind of you know was cooking up. Like I said, first time Bama's allowed fifty points in a game since nineteen oh seven. Oh my! In a game against Suwani where they lost fifty four to four. Yeah, how about that? Wow. Go all the way back over a century ago. By the way, I am 100% on the Volunteers bandwagon now. 100%. I love that that Morgan Wallen is putting out a new song about it. Oh, man. Did you see? I don't know if you You don't care about country music. but uh, A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we were talking about You Proof, another Morgan Wallen song. But, uh, man, I'm just... He was was at the game. I'm just so excited about... I just love the culture down there, the uh, the Rocky Top. Oh! Oh, look at that. No, it's not uh, the football culture. It's the actual culture. They sing country songs at the stadium, Jack. I yeah. love it. it no, culture for fans is real. That's a total Bills Mafia. That's like culture is real for fan base. But in a locker room, no, nah, I don't care about culture. Okay. Quiet. Well, we can get back to that another day. <laughs> Oklahoma State, TCU, 8 versus 13. This was another 330 game that, of course, fell under the radar because of how incredible the Tennessee-Bama oh, game was. Yeah. This one needs to be talked about. Double OT, 43-40. TCU wins. Oklahoma State won led by 17 in the second quarter. And when Mike Gundy has that big of a lead, you think the Cowboys of Oklahoma State can just roll with it. They did not. Credit to Sonny Dykes and TCU. The resilience there was incredible. Quarterback Max Duggan balls out again. This guy wasn't even the starter to start the year. Chandler Moore's won the quarterback battle in, in, in fall camp. He gets hurt. Max Duggan steps in, and he is performing incredibly for the Horned Frogs. They're 6-0. and They are. They jumped up. I think they might be top 10 now. I didn't really look at the, the latest rankings, but Duggan goes for 286 of the year, two touchdowns. Adds 57 and a touchdown on the ground. Kendry Miller, 104 yards, two TDs on the ground for the Horned Frogs. And Quentin Johnson... He is a dog of a receiver. He will be playing on Sundays sometime soon coming out of TCU. He goes for 8 for 180 and a touchdown. That's 22 and a half yards per reception. Big game for the Horn Frog star receiver. Spencer Sanders, the quarterback for Oklahoma State, did play not fully healthy, though. I uh, was dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, but still incredible performance. Oklahoma State falls. What a game for TCU. We're going to wrap up USC-Utah real quick. 
43-42, Utah wins final second touchdown two-point conversion. Cam Rising loves to play against USC. He set a career passing record against USC last year, did it again this year. Goes for over 400 yards. First quarterback to throw for over 400 yards in a game for Utah since 2005. How about it? Utah wins, big time win over USC. I think the Trojans are better for it, though, because, you know, a team with a lot of transfers, they played pretty well. They put up 42, just couldn't come out with a win. You saw a team in wounded animal mode and Utah and the Utes come out victorious. 43-42, what a game. But I will talk about that a little bit more on the Wednesday show. We do have to wrap up for today. Just want to say thank you, everybody, for tuning in to a day's edition of Heavy Hitters. Check out the Instagram, as always, at Heavy Hitters KUR. Drop some suggestions, what you would like to be talked about more on the show. 1866 Challenge will be tomorrow, oh, Mitch. Oh, yeah. Giving Challenge. We'll be here all night. Yes, we will. Catch Fun us. night ahead tomorrow. Uh, Phillies again, tomorrow night. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. From Mitchell Smedley, I am Jack. I am saying so long until our Wednesday show.